0: Welcome to the Exotic Pet Collective. My name is Richard, and today we've got an exciting guest on the podcast. But first, I would like to thank the sponsor of today's podcast. Those are my friends over at Tarantula Cribs. They're huge supporters of the Tarantula Collective YouTube channel and of this podcast and pretty much anything that I do. So a huge shout out to them. If you're looking for high-end acrylic enclosures for your tarantulas, scorpions, or pretty much any other invert, you need to check out Tarantula Cribs. I use them myself. I am a huge fan of them. The acrylic is much thicker than most of the other acrylic enclosures out there. It's extremely clear, but the best part is it has these sliding locking lids. They use very powerful magnets to keep those lids locked into place and they go in on tracks. So there's no way for the tarantula or scorpion or whatever inverts you have to really pry those open. I've been using them for months now. I really enjoy them. They look amazing. They work really well. I've had no issues with them. So you should definitely check those out. And right now, if you go to tarantulacribs.com and use the code Tcollective10 at checkout, you will get 10% off your entire order. Whether you're looking for some awesome display enclosures for your spiderlings or you're looking for a large enclosure for your adult tarantulas, they've got that and everything in between. So definitely check them out. They even have stuff for the enclosures, like hides, water dishes, plants, just all kinds of decorations. They even have some skulls. So go to tarantulacribs.com, use that code Tcollective10, save yourself 10%. And help support the community. So, huge thanks to Tarantula Cribs for believing in this podcast and believing in the YouTube channel and doing so much to support this. It really means a lot to me. You guys are awesome. If this is your first time listening, my name is Richard. I'm from the Tarantula Collective. I upload new podcasts every Thursday and then uh, main channel, I upload Mondays and Fridays. So, thanks for joining. On today's podcast, we will be talking about all kinds of things arachnid related. And uh, we've got a special guest. This is Jade. You may know her from her uh, YouTube channel, Sky Spiders. So uh, welcome to the channel or welcome to the podcast, everyone. Uh, This is Jade.
1: How are you doing?
0: (laughs) I'm doing well. Thank you so much for agreeing to do this. It is nice having you.
1: Always a pleasure. I've been um, your channel for quite a while.
0: Well, thank you. Now, you are here in the United States, Correct.
1: Yeah, I'm in uh, New York state.
0: And uh, how's, how's the weather out there right now? You guys getting hit pretty bad?
1: Uh, it's pretty much what we always get up here. Lots of snow, lots of cold.
0: <laughs> right on. Uh, now, can you tell everybody? From, uh, I'm, I'm sorry. What's...
1: from Florida, so.
0: No way. Where we're in Florida?
1: Orlando.
0: Oh, okay. I lived in uh, Daytona Beach for um, like eight years.
1: So oh, not nice. too far
0: away. <laughs> so can you uh, tell everybody a little bit about yourself?
1: Uh, that's definitely uh, a big bag of worms. <laughs> um, I'm uh, open about being autistic, um, gay. Um, used to be a musician till a doctor screwed up my hand um, and just turned my tarantula hobby into a potential new career. Uh, went back to college, uh, started working on my graduate degree in spiders, um my focus was uh avicularine. Um I'm a big pink toe junkie. Um I do a lot of educational outreach in my area, uh work with the local zoo um before the lockdown. Uh used to give uh, lectures and show off all kinds of animals to little kids in school. Um and then just in my free time, I play Magic the Gathering on Twitch.
0: Okay, right. So you're a Twitch streamer, you got a YouTube channel. Now on your new YouTube channel, do you focus mainly on arachnids and spiders and stuff like that? Or is it just kind of uh whatever?
1: It's a combination of uh, my critters and my hobby of Magic the Gathering.
0: Right on. So you said you went to school um, and you, you were studying like arachnids, arachnology, or what exactly, like how, how did that all come about?
1: It's, it's complicated because there, there's no real like it's hard to find a school that focuses on arachnids. Okay. So when you're going for a degree like that, it's usually just put under the umbrella term entomology. Um, But yeah, I started with uh, biology programs, uh, just as general as could be, then focused in on zoology, and then finally focused in even more on entomology and specifically spiders.
0: I gotcha. And you said you had... uh... A (laughs) penchant, you you favored the pink toe tarantulas.
1: Yeah, I've got a little bit of a soft spot for them. I I don't know if it's just the way they strut when they walk, but yeah, they they hooked me on pretty quick.
0: Yeah, they seem to be one of those spiders that uh I mean, pretty much any pet shop I go to has a pink toe tarantula for sale. It seems like everybody. I think that was my first arboreal tarantula was a pink toe, and at one point I got hooked into this cycle of constantly, like every time I'd go, I'd see a pink toe you know, the like Petco or PetSmart or whatever. And I'd be like, I'm going to rescue it. And I would, I would buy it and I'd bring it home, go back next week to get some more crickets. There'd be another one. So I'd buy that one. Yep. And it was a, it was a point I had like eight or nine avicularias. <laughs> like, it was like, this is getting out of hand.
1: I mean, they come in every color and pattern. And I mean, when you've got versicolors mm-hmm. under your, your branch and Celadonia, it, it's like, how can you not fall in love with that? Like, I I just don't understand when I hear people talk about them and like, oh, they're just, they're too girly a tarantula. I don't want to keep those or, oh, they're boring. Like they're, they're pretty awesome considering they're the only group in tarantulas that we really do in the hobby. That's not there. Yeah,
0: that's very true. I I really enjoy, you know, I'm actually doing a video, uh, a collaboration video with tarantula cat and. Can't remember who else you said was going to be on there, Reptiliatis and Petco and uh, a few other people, all about Avicularia, Avicularia. Can I show them the different ways that we uh, we all set them up? And it's, oh, that's awesome. it's a uh, controversial, not a controversial, but it's, there's, there's been a lot of uh, bad information on Avicularia. Yes. It seems like it's uh, one of those species that it should be a beginner species. They're very docile and, and easy to take care of, but there was, I mean, for years, it seemed like there's so many of them were just randomly dying and they came up with the, uh, oh, what do they call that? Sudden navic death syndrome or something like that. Yep. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, Sad. so, <laughs> yeah. so uh, I mean, what, what, how do you keep your avicularia? Give us some insight on, on, uh, on how you do that. Well,
1: I gotta say, I've been, I've been doing this for, God, I'm really dating myself here, uh, 22 years or so. And, uh, I had a lot of sads at the beginning. Um, I followed all that advice where they say high humidity and, uh, give them big open spaces. And, uh, the, the stuff I do now, I worry more about ventilation. Um, uh, I take, uh, for the little ones I use tattoo ink caps And uh, for my larger ones, I just use, like, disposable, uh, basically what we keep our spiderlings in, the little condiment containers. Yeah. And I'll glue those up in the top of the enclosure for water dishes. Mm -hmm. Um, So they've always got their access to water. Um, Again, the ventilation's the big part. Uh, I put holes near the bottom uh, at ground level on the front and then toward the top and the back so the air moves through in a current that refreshes the entire enclosure. Uh, just missed once a week. Uh, and honestly, I haven't had a spiderling die in maybe 10 years now.
0: Very cool. It's very similar um, to how I keep mine. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's, it's honestly not as hard as everyone makes it out to be. It's just making sure you've got ventilation that clears up the entire enclosure. You're not just refreshing one part of it.
0: Yeah. I actually just rehoused my avicularia, uh, one of them, into one of the uh, ExoTerra Oh, I can never, small, tall enclosures, like 12 by 12 by 18. Uh, It Mm -hmm. does have that kind of cross ventilation with the the vents in the front and then the vents on top. Get some good circulation. And what I do um, when I'm using a larger enclosure like that is I put just a large water dish in the bottom of the enclosure. Uh, Because as that evaporates, I I find that it, it really helps keep the humidity at a good level in there without the air getting too stagnant. But I had seen, um, this was months ago, I don't know whatever came of it, but I'd seen some posts online. There was a few guys, um, actually, I don't know they were male, but there was a couple people that were talking about uh, experimenting with a, a different way, kind of a different uh, theory of how to keep avicularias. Uh, I don't know if you saw this, uh, but essentially what they were no, wanting to do was no substrate and not even a water dish, They were, they, but they were using uh, enclosure, kind of like an exotera, you know, arboreal enclosure and just fill in the bottom, bottom with water. So it would just have mm. a couple of inches of water. And because they were you know, they were observing that their aviculators never really went down to the ground at all. So they didn't need the substrate and having that, that water, uh, would, you know, do, uh, it would really help kind of keep the humidity up, um, without like getting stagnant or at least, you know, without having to worry with mold and stuff like that when you have damn substrate and they yeah, it's got definitely interesting. Yeah. I thought it was interesting as well. And they got eviscerated because you know how the, the tarantula hobby can be. You try something new. Uh, yeah. it, you, nobody likes that. <laughs> it's a oh
1: my very God. I still slow remember to change. back in the day on Arachno boards. Yeah. Um, God, I was like, I think I was member number seven on that board. I'm not far into it at this point, <laughs> but, um, uh, everyone was talking about communal keeping avicularia. and, uh, Everyone thought they had the right idea, but no one was really posting actual info of, of how it went. So I was like, you know what, I'm curious, and I've got the, the stuff available to do this on the cheap. So I took a 55-gallon uh, terrarium that I had, set it up with cork hides, like dozens of them, uh, all kinds of live plants, plastic plants, uh, pretty much a paradise for pink toes. And through, God, how many was it? It was either eight or 10. I forget how many exactly. And uh, at the end of it, I ended up with two very large females, both gravid and nothing else. Um, And I posted all my results, had this super detailed thread, all kinds of photos. And I swear, I still see every year now another person trying exactly the same thing and getting the exact same results. And then everyone's like, oh, but they're, they're more tolerant. We can keep these communally uh, like all this works fine. And it, it's just so funny to see it over and over again after putting forth the effort and putting the results out there that they still doubt it and want to try it.
0: I uh, I was doing some research about five or six years ago. Uh, it was actually when I, I, it may not have been that long ago. It was whenever I, I was just starting my YouTube channel. So it was a couple of years ago, I guess I was you know, just trying to get some additional information on Avicularia. It was one of the first videos that I did. And I came across this old video on YouTube that had hundreds of thousands of views. of so this guy uh, keeping uh, Avicularia communally in a very large enclosure. I mean, like, larger than any enclosure that I have. Like, you know, it's something that you would keep, like, uh, that I don't even know what you would keep in it. Some kind of large reptile. Uh, it's yeah, yeah. probably, like, 36 inches high or something. Uh, massive two door glass enclosure, and he had two or three avicular areas in there, uh, it just you know, really tall, and it looked really cool. And there was a lot of webbing, and uh, but you know, I I, I never saw any follow up video about how they were doing, <laughs> so I kind of assumed that they ended up, you know, some cannibalism took place there, because that's two that seems or, to two be. or
1: three in a space that big might function, but mm. again, I'd I'd want to see the results.
0: Yeah, and that that was that was the thing is I had, I had seen a lot of people talking about experimenting keeping them communally and then you never see any updates so pretty much anytime i see somebody doing that i'm like okay apparently it didn't go well because <laughs> they're, they're not bragging about how well it's going uh yeah, you know I just,
1: like i think back to the dark den video where he got the uh uh the neo holothelianci eyes yeah and tried to keep them communally and then he was down to like what i think one or two of each color
0: yeah, yeah it's always it's always sad seeing that because it i mean there's it's really a cool concept to be able to keep multiple tarantulas in one enclosure. Like I actually have a Monus and communal right above my head here and oh, yeah. they're doing really well. But I actually, I started out with four and I'm down to three in the communal, but it wasn't cannibalized. I think it just had a bad molt or I don't know what happened. I, it, it looked like it, it had come out of its you know web tunnels and when, like was just on the side of the enclosure laying on its back like it was about to molt. And I don't know if one of the other, uh, about four, disturbed it or something mid molt, but it, it just never, it just, it, it ended up dying. It's kind of heartbreaking.
1: Yeah, I've had the exact same results in mine where like one or two will just randomly die. Yeah. Um, but I think the, uh, the fact those can be kept communally is why that species has gotten to become so popular yeah. so quickly. But I think so I mean, many they, they weren't even in the hobby 5 years ago. Yeah. I don't think.
0: And they're still I mean relatively expensive for tarantulas. I mean it's it's expensive to have a communal and can be financially devastating when it starts going wrong. And I think that's yeah. why a lot of people are attracted to something like the Neotheli NC, yeah, you know, the possibility of keeping those communally cuz they're the price tag on them at least here in the US is is definitely cheaper. It seems to be a lot more of them available and you know, it's, I, I would, I think it'd be awesome if it could be kept communally, but I was just, I've never really, I've rarely seen anybody talk about it, uh, beca- being successful, uh, just, just yeah, like a I've
1: never seen a successful one.
0: Yeah. It seems like it, it always, it always ends badly, <laughs> but people see, keep trying it. But what I was saying earlier is that I think a part of the reason people keep trying to keep a communally is because there's a couple of websites out there and a couple of YouTube videos that are very popular or at least they they've been around for a while and gotten a lot of hits. So the algorithm will suggest them. And if you just type in a communal, it's probably the first video that pops up. So people mm-hmm. uh, see that and get excited. And then it's like, well, it, it doesn't matter what you have to say. <laughs> like it, the recent information uh, is not enough to kind of, um, you know, settle down somebody that's extremely excited at the concept. <laughs> and they just got to, you know, some people have to touch the stove to, to realize that it's hot. And It doesn't matter how many times you tell them. But,
1: yeah, it makes makes me wonder if I need to like do my experiment all over again with with a new group of them and make a YouTube video out of it.
0: Yeah, yeah, that, that's that's like the downside of social media, uh, especially YouTube, is that it, it it doesn't always give you the best information or the most recent information. It's it's just like the most popular information based off what it is you're you're searching for. I mean, if you look yeah, for I
1: think I saw- Tarantula Cat do a video on that where she pulled up this guy that's like sponges in the water dishes and uh just all the worst stuff you can imagine. Like put him in a 10 gallon with like an inch of substrate and
0: yeah. Uh jungle so, bob or something like that. It's his name. <laughs> I mean, that's one of the first videos I I you know, if you just search uh, how to care for a tarantula or a pet tarantula or something, that's the first thing that pops up. It's got millions of views and it's like 10 years, maybe 12 years old. It's it's an old video. But it's it's the first one in a Google search usually that pops up as well. So it just <laughs> seems like the old information, the bad information uh, is just a lot e- more easily accessible than, you know, I was talk. I think it was, uh, I was talking to Pet Rock and Roll, Amy. Uh, she's over in the UK. And right now she is hosting the Fatal Fangs. It's like a tarantula feeding competition with a whole bunch of channels. Uh, I think there's 64 channels that are involved in that. And when she was talking about it uh because i'm I'm one of the judges for it that she was mentioning all these tarantula channels that i didn't even know were uh out there (laughs) you know it's like i thought i knew all the tarantula channels uh and you know just searching tarantula videos on youtube none of those channels ever came up and it's not because they're bad content or anything it's just they just they're not breaking through the algorithm you got to go through like 200 exotic slayer videos before you find one that's a, a different a smaller channel Um, so it's like
1: my stuff I've been doing for God, two, two and a half years now. Yeah. And like some of my magic videos, I'm lucky to see a hundred views on them.
0: Yeah. It's, it's difficult breaking through that algorithm. Like I couldn't even tell you how many hours, tens, hundreds of hours I've spent optimizing search engine, you know, results and, and tags. I
1: I don't have the patience for that (laughs) anymore. It's
0: so frustrating. So you, you said you're on Twitch as well. Do you ever do any tarantula content on Twitch?
1: I've thought about doing it. Yeah. Um, the problem with doing tarantulas live is there's a lot of downtime. Yeah. Because they may not react right away, or you're moving enclosures around, getting the right angles. Um. I might try it someday, but I'm more likely to do something like put some tarantula content into like, uh, like a PowerPoint file, so I can like jump between videos quickly and then just. Do it like I'm doing regular Twitch streaming on my laptop.
0: Yeah. I'm not in extreme.
1: Something a little more simple to, to remove that variable.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I, I'm not really all that familiar with Twitch. I've never, never streamed on it or anything like that. I don't, I don't even think I've ever watched a Twitch live stream before. Um, but I've gotten a lot of people recently that have been asked, like suggesting, like saying, I should, I should get on Twitch. <laughs> I'm like, I, I don't, I don't I mean, know how that it. would so, work.
1: <laughs> definitely a big place. Yeah, lots of eyes on your content there.
0: Yeah, I mean it makes sense if you're if you know if you're doing like live streaming, like you're playing games and stuff like that. I, I that I understand. I just don't know how I could do tarantulas on Twitch because a lot of it is. It's. It, I mean, it takes me hours sometimes just to get you know ten minutes of footage. You know, just oh, yeah. spend a lot of time just filming tarantulas not moving. So I couldn't imagine. I, yeah, I would think that, it'd be very boring
1: your videos you get are some of the, the better looking ones I've ever seen on uh, YouTube. Well,
0: thank you. I appreciate that. But that, I, like mean, I, that I can from... tell you've
1: probably had a photography background at some point in the past.
0: <laughs> a lot like of people say that,
1: you know
0: but I actually, I didn't even, I never owned a camera until a couple of years ago. I started oh, wow. the channel with um, my Sam, I had a Samsung galaxy S seven or something like that and just started recording it that way. And then, I guess I had been doing it for a few months, six months, something like that. And a friend of mine gave me uh, an old used uh, Lumix G7 kind of mirrorless camera. So I started learning that. Uh, and that, I mean, and that's, that's, that was my first camera I ever owned, like actual camera. So I just started watching YouTube videos on how to use it and and how to record video and just spend, you know, a couple hours every day, you know, maybe like an hour every day would be more reasonable. <laughs> uh, just learning how to, how to use the camera and shoot video and stuff like that. And just did a lot of practicing. That's
1: awesome to hear. Actually, you've got a really good eye for it then.
0: Well, thank you. I appreciate that. So, um, there was, there was something I was going to ask you about a Vicularia. How familiar are you with, like, I, I have a couple of species in my collection. I have a, a Vicularia Bronis and what, what is it? I don't even know how to pronounce it, Avicularia brunison. It It's not, it's Avicularia, Avicularia now. Like there was a lot of, uh, like the the metallic pink toe and, and some of those other species that all got moved into the just the Avicularia, Avicularia uh, species. Uh, I mean, were you following that whole name change at all? Or can you tell us exactly what happened there?
1: This is kind of complicated for me. Okay. Um, so I moved up to New York about uh, about six, seven years ago um, to work on my graduate degree and the project I was working on was reclassifying Avicularia. Um, like we all admit it was, it was an absolute mess, uh, before it got reclassified. Not that what happened improved things, but, uh, like my big goal, like I wanted to earn my degree by renaming my favorite spider, which is the Versicolor. Um, Problem is, I ended up at a college that didn't want to honor disability accommodations. Okay. Um, just simple things, like since I can't use my right hand, I needed a note taker and I needed to be able to type for exams and quizzes and stuff. Mm-hmm. And just little things like that they they had trouble with. Or like, uh, I had a major abdominal surgery and I'm on bed rest, but they want me to hike 20 miles. And never give me the notes from the lab I missed because I can't do the hike. Um, little things like that. So because I was fighting all these things all the years I was there, um, I didn't get to actually finish my project. And this other person working on it, uh, we were working at the same time and didn't know the other person was doing this. Uh, they published first. So they got to reclassify everything.
0: Yeah.
1: And we had... Um, we had similar ideas of what uh what our end goal was okay. and what the data was showing us, but they named everything very different from how I would have called it. So not only have I already done all this research, I now have to relearn the research all over again <laughs> for what they've renamed things. Yeah. So I'm always getting like doubly confused over what the hell everything is now uh because i've got what i worked on for several years and then okay here's what someone else did and now i've got to learn theirs
0: yeah i get that i get a, people send me questions a lot of the time wanting to you know they're asking about their uh their pink the metallic pink toe <laughs> and 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 I, I wish i could remember how to pronounce it. it's like it's literally in the enclosure behind me but i don't want to walk over there but it was a Avicularia and bruna brunahes and wowie something like that. <laughs> That's not not even close. But uh I had posted a picture of it a couple of years or like right after that uh the big you know reclassification had happened and was quickly told in the comments that it is now just Avicularia Avicularia like morph type 4 or something. And I I started you know kind of looking into all the different morph types and and it just I just didn't care enough, I think is the problem. <laughs> I was like yeah, yeah. Okay. It, that's just there. were, You know, they're they're small details that are distinguishing all the different morphs, and uh, I just I just haven't really got into it and and really kind of delved into it. So I I don't have that knowledge. Um, but I I knew that you know they they had switched the the Caribbean of color. They had renamed that one, and there was another aviculary that got reclassified. But it is escaping me. Ebrechtorida the the diversipes was the other one. Yep. <laughs> yeah.
1: Another one I was hoping to name.
0: Yeah, but well, what would you have named it?
1: Honestly, I, I'm not. I'm not going to muddle everything up. with okay. where yeah. I was going with it at this point. Yeah. So, but so, I mean, like, I, I I breed avicularia on the regular. Yeah. Um, like, fear not. Probably still has some of my spiderlings from last year. Right on. Um, but uh, even I think it's a, still a gigantic mess and overly complicated. Um, honestly, everything that's in the, the Avicularia variegata or Avicularia avicularia with the morph types, mm-hmm. they all have overlapping habitat and they interbreed with each other in the wild. Uh, they're still fertile when they inbreed, interbreed. Um, so they are basically, they're the same species. Um, like it, it's more complex than that. Yeah. But I mean, that, that's the the quick and dirty version of it.
0: So like when they're if you can
1: understand that much, you, you've basically
0: got it. Yeah. So when they're determining the different species, uh, especially in a genus that's so closely related, I mean, are, are they doing like uh like DNA type analysis to determine that they're different species or are there like physical attributes or is it just like whatever the kind of color and pattern that they have? I mean, what, what distinguishes the different species or different morph types?
1: There's a few different ways to do it. Um, And it's usually a combination of everything. Um, There's morphotype analysis where you're going to look at uh, uh, all the different physical characteristics. Like this one has additional hairs on this leg joint or um, this one's uh, mating claspers, a slightly different shape. Um, You're looking for things like that. Uh, Then you're also doing the DNA analysis and looking for clusters of where there are gaps in different groups of DNA to delineate species, Um, the problem with the Bicularia in there is you're going to have a lot of in-between ones as well. Um, Some people start looking at uh, the color difference, but a lot of that is uh, just regional variation in a lot of cases. Okay. Uh, But it's a little bit of everything put together. Yeah. Um, Although it's mostly DNA nowadays.
0: So what got carabina reclassified to a completely different genus?
1: I think a lot of that is down to uh, geographical isolation. Uh, All of those are are island species for the most part. Mm -hmm. Uh, And most of the avicularia are like mainland South America, Central America type things.
0: Gotcha. Very cool. So what kind of tarantulas do you keep other than avicularia? Or is that pretty much all you have?
1: I keep a little bit of everything. Do you? Um, Old world, new world. Um, I don't keep many burrowers. I'm, I'm just not a fan of pet dirt.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but I've got like assassin bugs, isopods, um, true spiders, harvestmen, um, scorpions. I mean, I've got a scorpion bred, actually. <laughs> awesome. Uh, the ones you sent over to Fear Notta, uh, yeah, like six months back, um, which, by the way, were not communal for me. Um, no
0: not not until they're adults i finally
1: put them all together (laughs) i just ended up with one fat one
0: yeah yeah i think uh,
1: there's another argument against communal
0: alex did that as well like i i have a communal right here but they're only really communal when they're adults like you put them together when they're they're little squirplings or even juveniles they'll they'll end up eating each other but the adults have been i mean i got seven of them in an enclosure and they're they're doing they're doing too good actually i just uh was looking at it before I uh, started the podcast with you and I got um, another female with a bunch of scorpions on her back. So I probably oh, nice. got another 30 of them and I still have probably about 80 or a hundred different baby scorpions in my nursery at the moment. So I'm getting overrun by scorpions right now. So uh, one of
1: my parthenogenics is about to drop. So I feel you.
0: Yeah. 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 So that's, that's a night I get to try to get her out of the communal and in her own enclosure because if I've noticed if you if you don't then they end up picking those babies off (laughs) like the other scorpions in the in the communal end up eating them off her back so i and i definitely don't want you know i know if they get they end up you know moving off her back they're probably not going to last long they will either eat each other or get eaten pretty quickly uh so i'm I'm usually like to separate them until they they crawl off the back and then pull them all out put them in their own little tiny deli cup enclosures uh and they're really cool but I, i just i'm getting sick of all of the babies so i may break the communal up here in a little while because it's you know nobody really wants them (laughs) it's like i i sent those to fear not because i didn't know what to do with them i couldn't find anybody and tanya was like yeah i'll 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 take them so i sent them to her kind of she's always um,
1: been good about taking my extra stuff
0: yeah yeah and so i might i might i was actually going to send some more to her uh i guess it was the end of november something like that. But she was really busy opening up the the new store. So we kept de- delaying it. Then the weather was bad. And so now I, I just am taking care of all these baby squirplings. like I'm waiting for the weather to yeah. break so I can send her a huge
1: box. Of, like they're not bad if you can keep them together. Yeah. It's w- when they're all individual containers, that's, that's when they become annoying.
0: Yeah. I mean, it just takes a couple hours just pulling them all out of the nursery, set them on the table, opening the lids, feeding them, watering mm-hmm. them, putting it all back. It's, it's quite a hassle. Um,
1: but yeah, the uh, little experience with trying to get them to live together, which by the way, was in a much larger enclosure than I would have normally done. Yeah. Like we're talking like an 18 inch high exotera. Yeah. And they still were all gone in like three days. Wow. Um, that's wild. But that experience, like I was about to order some death stalkers to keep communally. Mm. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to get a, a, a female to breed with my male when they're both mature and I'm not going to keep them together. I'm, I've, I learned my lesson.
0: <laughs> yeah. I've got because other than
1: my emperors, I don't keep scorpions communally.
0: Yeah. See, I haven't tried that with emperors or Asian forests, but the communal I have is the, uh, the Florida bark scorpions and then also the Arizona striped bark scorpions and then just the regular Arizona bark scorpions. Those are the three scorpion communals I have. And like they're all adults, there's like, you know, between four to seven in each one. And they're, They're doing well. They're breeding. I did notice that the, uh, the Arizona striped bark scorpion had some cannibalism in it. And I think that's just because of the way I had it set up. Usually like all the, the other two communals I have like multiple pieces of cork bark kind of leaned up against Mm -hmm. the side of the enclosure. That one, I just had one large piece. So I think there may have been some territorial issues in there. So I, I, if I'm going to do that one again, I'm going to change up the way I laid it out. But you know, other than that, those have been doing well. Um, but yeah, Alex had told me that that his uh, uh, that he ended up with just one large fat scorpion. I was like, oh, I'm sorry, man. I thought I made that uh, clear that you have to wait till they're adults. But yeah. It's, for
1: mine, I thought they were mature and they weren't. Oh, yeah. So that's all. I I've, I've mismeasured the size. Yeah. That happens. Um, but you're talking about the multiple hides. Like my emperors, I gave them multiple hides. Like I think mm-hmm. six hides for two scorpions. And they're always under the same one together
0: yeah so i just finally just took out all but one yeah that's kind of how my uh, florida barks are i mean just looking at it right now there's four of them on on one large piece of cork bark but i got two other vertical pieces of cork bark in there even though they don't use it very much i think like when they get irritated with each other or need some space they can quickly retreat and kind of be out of each other's hair in those situations so i mean I, i rarely see them using like right now the the scorpion with all the babies on her back is on the farthest piece of cork bark away from everybody else you know she's really kind of isolated herself, um, mm-hmm. you know, from the rest of the communal, which kind of makes it easy to identify when she's pregnant. Yes. But you said you keep in, uh, some assassin bugs. Do you have like the horde king or the white spotted or what, what do you have?
1: I have, uh, three species. Um, I do have, uh, harita, um, which are amazing. Yeah. Um, I thought I had two of the same gender left cause I wasn't getting any babies for the longest time. And then, like, two weeks ago, I just started seeing babies everywhere. Oh, wow. Uh, so, thankfully, that colony is, is going strong. Um, I've got the white spotteds,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, which I think I'm sitting at around, like, 20, 25 of those right now. Okay. And I just picked up um, P. Uh, labicolus, uh, which is just a, a larger red spot one. All right. Um, I actually won those at an auction on uh, Facebook, just randomly. Um, and those are actually becoming, uh, pretty awesome. Just like another species I didn't even know existed, Very but cool. I've been doing those for about a year now and just, I've fallen in love with them. They're so fun to watch swarm. Yeah. Like fighting, fighting over food. And
0: <laughs> well, I have really
1: uh, cool animals.
0: I have the, a horde King and, um, the white spotted both kind of, I'm keeping communally the white spotteds are doing really well. Uh, I think I've got maybe like eight or nine of them in there a couple of, maybe a month or so ago. I noticed a bunch of babies crawling around, but the horde Kings, I have not gotten any babies and I'm down to just one. I think I had five of them oh, originally wow. and they just slowly over the past few years have just kind of, has it been two years, 18 months, something like that. It's been at least a year. Uh, I mean, more than a year. I
1: know a lot of us are still learning the, uh, <laughs> husbandry for these, but, uh, it's starting to seem like they're, uh, They're seasonal breeders because I'm seeing everybody talking about how they're getting babies all of a sudden. And uh, with my Harita, I was keeping them more humid, but I'm noticing now they like it on the dry side with just a water dish to drink from. I've actually seen them drinking from it, uh, which I wasn't expecting. But uh, that's what I found working. And I also keep them with, uh, with dairy cow isopods. Uh, to clean up any of the, the bodies they don't finish because they, they leave quite a mess. Yes, they do. <laughs> but but the, the combination of all of that seems to have worked really well on my end.
0: Do you keep... um What kind of enclosure do you have them in?
1: I just have them in an 8-inch acrylic cube with uh, vertical cork bark to climb on.
0: Okay. And what kind uh, of substrate? Substrate
1: is a mix of uh, uh, peat moss, um, some aspen bedding, a uh, little bit of sand um nothing too fancy
0: yeah and and you said you keep the substrate dry give them a water dish do you use any kind of supplemental heat at all or just room temperature uh, our,
1: our bug room is about 83 84 degrees in the water oh, okay uh just because we're in a two story apartment so all the heat goes up there gotcha uh so our whole bug room is heated
0: nice I uh, see I keep mine in my basement so it's I'm lucky if it hits 72 down here <laughs> which is fine for the tarantulas but I was thinking maybe that had something to do with why my uh, horde kings were not doing very well. I, I didn't I didn't have that any could supplemental be because
1: food. I also raised them to the top shelf on my rack. Yeah. Uh and that's where they get the warmest.
0: Gotcha. So that might
1: have something to do with it as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I'm kind of bummed that I'm I'm down to just one. Um I was actually thinking about ordering some more. Uh, you know, next reptile expo I go to, I was actually hoping to go to, um, uh, Tinley Park in ARBC. That's where I got them last time. And I know there's usually a few people, uh, a couple of dealers there that will have them, but I'm not sure. I know it got postponed. It was supposed to be in March. I think they pushed it back to like June or July. And I just, I just don't know if I'll be able to go now, but because it was, it ended up when they originally, it was going to be in March. It was the same weekend, uh, as my wife's cousin. Uh, he actually lives right outside Tinley Park and was getting married that weekend. So I was like, perfect. <laughs> like I'll yeah, definitely be so well. in town. So, yeah. But, but I guess since it got postponed, I don't know how, how that's going to work out. But before you, you, you I got you more,
1: uh, I you really could have unlocked an achievement. I haven't gotten yet where it's bring tarantulas to a wedding.
0: <laughs> yeah, that would be pretty wild. But I, I wanted to make sure that I had their husbandry more dialed in better before I got more. Uh, Cause you know, I don't want to, I just don't want to, Get more and let them die off as well, like that's yeah. not, not what I want to do, so I, I've what been asking I, a lot of people like how they keep theirs, trying to trying to find you know some commonality.
1: One of my friends up here, um he's the one who actually gave me my harita. Um, he got them just randomly in a roach colony he bought huh. um, where they were there just picking off excess roaches. He had uh, I think three immature and one mature. And he just was like, Oh, i heard you wanted these. So here you go. I, I don't have any reason to keep them.
0: That's pretty cool.
1: And that, oh. that's literally how mine started. But I mean, if they're doing good in a roach colony for God, five, six years.
0: Yeah. How do you, what do you feed your, your assassin bugs?
1: I've tried all the roaches that we breed, mm-hmm. but they, they can't catch the red runners. They don't like the, uh, the Dubia, um, they don't like the lobster roaches. Um, all the other ones we keep are pet species. And uh, we finally just had to realize we have to go buy crickets every week for them.
0: Yeah, that's what Which I feed mine I, as I
1: well. detest crickets.
0: Like they, <laughs> they just
1: smell so horrible.
0: They really do.
1: Um, but, uh, but yeah, that's all they'll eat for me anyway.
0: Yeah. I, I think I got a few of them to eat mealworms but it was it was almost like i had to dangle it in front of them and let them strike it hmm. and i was like yeah i'm not doing this every week
1: <laughs> yeah I've, I've done tweezer feeding with uh with red runners before and they'll take them that way yeah but when you've got 30 in a colony i'm, I'm not going to sit there for two hours and tweezer feed every one of them one at a time and when they have remember babies, who got them and who didn't
0: yeah now do you uh you separate the young like when they have babies or do you just let them all stay in there together
1: I've been letting them stay together, but mm. depending on how it goes this time, I may start separating. Gotcha. Um, but I've, I've never had any losses of, of babies by keeping them with the adults.
0: Yeah, yeah. I hadn't noticed. I haven't checked in a few days, uh, or probably a week. I haven't like really turned it over. But the issue I was having with um, the white spotted is the cork bark I used. Where like they're kind of thick pieces of cork bark with a whole lot of large like holes, like knots in the wood. So they would all, like, crawl way back in, you know, deep into the cork oh, bark. Geez. So I couldn't even see them, uh, you know, come down late at night, shine a light on there, and I'd see a bunch of babies running around, but come back during the day, and, and there was, like, there was none. Uh, so I knew they were all, you know, going deep in there and hiding. And it was, uh, I initially was going to separate them just because I wanted to make sure they survived. But I was like, there's no way I can I could get them out with all of the full-grown <laughs> assassin bugs walking. I was like, I'm going to get bit or something. So I was like, I'll just let them be. See how it goes. So I'm, I'm hoping it turns out well.
1: Yeah, a bite from those is not something I want to experience.
0: Yeah, me neither.
1: Like they're up there with centipedes for things I don't want to be bitten by. <laughs> yeah, like I've taken one tarantula bite oh, in you have all you? my years. And, um, what? How did you I, get bit? Dumbest thing possible while handling a uh, a versicolor and not letting it get away from me. Ah. Just a little uh, two inch or inch and a half spiderling or something. Yeah. Uh, chomped down on uh, the knuckle of my thumb. Yeah. Uh, three or four dry bites with my dumbass not noticing. Oh, wow. And uh, finally gave me an envenomated bite. And that was interesting.
0: Yeah. What kind of side effects did you feel?
1: Honestly, it was like a fire ant bite. It was just itchy and burned for a little while.
0: Oh, okay. I'd never been bit by a fire ant either. I <laughs> managed to avoid that. All my time in Florida. I was like, nope.
1: I was going to say, I thought you lived in areas with them. Like, that's
0: amazing. (laughs) Yeah. I I have managed to not get bit by fire ants or tarantulas or, I can't say snakes anymore. The entire time I was in Florida, though, I was actually, um, I worked for um, Tampa Electric Company, a Tico, but it was actually people's gas. Uh, So my job was to walk around in the hot Florida sun and read gas meters. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. that was like, I got bit by a lot of dogs. And, uh, but never a snake and had some pretty close calls, but that's kind of like a part of what really amped up my appreciation for reptiles and, and arachnids it was just being down there. And, you know, I'd always liked tarantulas, but it wasn't until I moved to Florida and had scorpions in the cat litter box and snakes all mm-hmm. over the yard and, and like reptiles running through the house that it really started, to uh, develop a lot, a lot, a, a lot deeper appreciation for these things and uh yeah so and then i moved back up here uh actually when i I moved i'm in west virginia right now and uh i moved from daytona beach up to west virginia packed like just do everything in the back of a u-haul and one of the last things i loaded up was a um i can't even remember it was some kind of like succulent tree that we had sitting out outside the front door but then the back of the u-haul came up it was october i believe um and uh had already had an apartment set up, so we just pulled into town and then unloaded everything into the new apartment and uh, got a call from the landlord a few days later complaining about uh, an infestation of lizards, <laughs> apparently. <laughs> and I noticed while we were unpacking, and there had to be a couple of dozen lizards living in that tree. So as we were That's driving, tough, they were getting out and getting into all of our boxes and stuff. So you'd be opening up boxes, pulling out books, and you know when those little knolls would take <laughs> off running. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I'm not going to catch it. It's like, I figured they'd die off, you know? Um, it's, it's, I gotta
1: say, like, the the one thing I missed the most about Florida from when I grew up there was uh, just the anoles everywhere. Like, yeah, you can't go anywhere without hearing anoles, like, rushing all around you.
0: Yeah, and, like, they were just the cool. coolest
1: thing. Like, I used to catch them as a kid and keep them uh, as <laughs> pets for short periods.
0: Yeah. My cats loved them. <laughs> was like oh, they're yeah. play toys. Uh, they're the
1: perfect size for cats to play with. Yeah. <laughs> But, like, between the knolls and uh, isopods and, oh, man, I've, I've caught so many pet critters when I lived in Florida.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it was, uh, I was, when I was out there reading meters, like, I would always run into black widows because they seemed to love making their, uh, you know, webs around the the actual um, gas meter, especially if it was on a box. And then oh, yeah, they
1: love human structures.
0: Yeah. And then it, it always seemed to be some kind of rat snake or black snake or... You know, I didn't really run into a whole lot of venomous snakes. Luckily, I mean, it was, but they're usually just a really big black snakes, or what do they call them. Uh, I can't usually, uh, they, they call
1: them black racers down racers, there. I don't know what species it. that is. Yeah,
0: <laughs> a lot of black racers. But I had one route for a while. Uh, it was, it was almost like uh, I don't even, I don't think they were mobile homes, but they were like uh, modular homes. You know, there's mm-hmm. kind of a. Uh, it just didn't look very sturdy. Like they're not going to last a hurricane, and they're all around these yeah. little lakes or ponds you know, on a golf course. It's like a little retirement community and full of old people, and it'd be a lot of snakes in the grass, and then signs everywhere, like going behind the houses and stuff like that. Reading meters, and I was like, "Watch out for the alligator! We just saw an alligator out in the, <laughs> the pond, you know, early this morning." and yeah. I'm like, "Jeez, oh, <laughs> this is—I am not going to survive this job."
1: <laughs> oh man, my my uncles and my dad when they were little kids. Uh, would bring home snakes and alligators and all kinds of stuff and just try and keep it as a pet in the shed out back. And yeah, I've heard so many stories about pet alligators.
0: Yeah, <laughs> just, <laughs> I, I mean, never.
1: That's that's what's around you. I mean, why not?
0: Yeah, I, I never brought any inside to keep as a pet. Uh, just because they were they were so readily available. But that was probably one of the worst jobs. Like it paid really well. I got like a company car and all that kind of stuff. I enjoyed that it's aspect of it. To do it. What's that?
1: It's because no one wants to do it. it it's yeah. it's hot. It's sweaty. It's it's bad work.
0: Yeah, and, and, and I mean, it's a, an
1: honest job, but I'm, I'm like it, it's terrible
0: fair skinned redheaded ginger from <laughs> you know lives lives in his basement from West Virginia, walking around the ninety percent humidity, hundred degrees in Florida. Oh man, that was oh, I'd just be covered I, in sweat.
1: <laughs> God, I took a job flyering cars down by Disney one summer. Oh geez, and uh, it, I did it in the middle of the night. So, like, we'd go out at like one in the morning. Usually, is when we'd start. Yeah, and we'd work straight through till like seven in the morning. Mm. And mm. I still remember a night where I'd just gotten like my back tattooed. Yeah. So I like was just walking around with uh, almost nothing on that night, uh, basically just a swimsuit, and just dripping sweat all off of me because it's like. 85 degrees at night and still hundred percent humidity.
0: And, yeah. I think that's like why it's, there's
1: it's, so I never many. thought I, I'd be able to tolerate the cold, but now that I'm up in New York, <laughs> it's like, I don't think I could tolerate Florida again.
0: Yeah. Yeah. There's no way I would move back to Florida. No, no hate to anybody living in Florida. It's a beautiful, beautiful place, but I could not live there again. <laughs> I have a hard time. Giving, like we were actually talking about going down there for vacation. I'm like, hey, let's give it a few more years. I've only been out for about 10 years. I need a little bit more time. But there, there's yeah. so many cool mm-hmm. species down there. I mean, a lot of invasive species. Like I know iguanas are, are really taking over Southern Florida right now. There's brockypil or uh out there. And I, uh, somewhere I've, outside I've Tampa. actually collected
1: those from an orange grove.
0: Really? You actually saw them?
1: Yes. I have been out to the orange groves and, and seen them in person.
0: Oh, wow. So. I had
1: one for a really long time too.
0: Did you? How, how many were out there? Did you? Like, every, oh, there
1: were, I, there were burrows everywhere. Were there? Yeah, yeah it, I, I didn't get much out of a lot of them. I think other people had been out collecting right before I'd been there. Yeah, uh, but yeah, the burrows were were everywhere.
0: That is wild. Did you uh, did you determine or did they ever determine where like how they got introduced, or is it just still just a mystery?
1: It, it's mostly a mystery, but I mean the the most likely culprit is what pet one. And yeah. their mom said no in the seventies <laughs> and they let it go. And they were buying orange yeah. grove that was abandoned. Yeah. And that was perfect habitat. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 that, that's the most likely way it happened.
0: Yeah. That's what I assumed as well. I'm not a huge fan of but, the government coming in and regulating anything really, but especially exotic pets, but with the exception of Florida, just because it's, You know, the the environment there's, yeah, it's, it's so much different than most of the other States in the U S and so many things can thrive down there. Like, you know, like iguanas and and a lot of snakes and reptiles. and
1: Like I've known people who've let their Burmese pythons go in the Everglades or their anacondas.
0: Oh geez.
1: And it's like, I don't think these snakes should be legal in Florida or at least they should be licensed.
0: Yeah. Or even like so that way uh,
1: they find a wild one somewhere they can go, Oh, well this person in this area kept them.
0: Yeah or have them tagged or microchipped or something so they can at least yeah. be like all right this is obviously yours. But I remember uh it was it Hurricane Andrew that came through uh, that was Miami and just decimated the area. And I remember reading about a lot of uh animals that escaped like they were in people's homes or they were in pet shops and stuff like that. Completely legal, but you know they, they ended up getting out or people let them out because they couldn't take them with them and you know they figured they have a better chance to survive if they just let them go. So and that that fed a lot of that um, those invasive species. But I, I was talking, to, I think it was Alex from Tarantula Haven because he lives down uh, out in the Orlando area and was he was complaining because there was a lot of species of roaches he wasn't able to keep uh, because they're so invasive down there. Yep. And it's it's oh, I,
1: I was still able to get them when I lived there. Like it, It's not hard to get them still. Yeah. But uh, you're talking about Hurricane Andrew. That's actually responsible for one of the biggest ecological disasters. Really? Uh, as far as invasive species go. In that uh, some bars on the coast had saltwater fish tanks with uh, lionfish in them. uh uh-huh. And they got released into the Atlantic. I mean, they're from the Indian Ocean where they actually have predators.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but in the Atlantic, they have no predators at all. And the native fish, I think they're down to like 10% what the population used to be. Oh, wow. Just because the lionfish have no predators and they can eat anything. Yeah. And they reproduce in massive numbers. And like it all came from that.
0: Oh, that's that's wild. I was actually watching, my wife was watching some TV show. What was it? It was, um, I think it had Zoe Dachanel in it, uh, The New Girl or something like that. She was streaming that on Netflix and they were talking about this guy was wanting to get a lionfish and was complaining about all the regulations. So I guess that makes sense why it would be so heavily regulated if people are yeah, letting it mean, go in I've the ocean. I just wanted
1: to get one myself, but I mean, I don't mind some regulations on it make sure people know what they're doing.
0: Yeah. Yeah, there's uh we've, we've actually talked about that a few times on the podcast, just, um, you know, a lot of the regulation that's going on with tarantula species and different, you know, snakes and reptiles and stuff like that. And, you know, it, it it's, it's a, a frustrating topic because I can really see both sides, you know, when you with yeah. the example of the lionfish or, you know, invasive roaches or reptiles in Florida and stuff like that, it, it kind of makes sense that, you know, the government should step in and be like, Hey, you know, we can't do this here because of the environment. But then there's also the other side of that coin where places like Oregon is, are, they're going through and, you know, making all of these species of tarantula and, and a whole bunch of snakes. They're like, yeah, you can't keep those here. It's like, there's no way that that species could be invasive in Oregon. <laughs> like it's a like, tropical I, I snake.
1: Near New York City where you can't keep ferrets. Yeah. Like, or, or gerbils, I think, is another one that's like really weird that you can't have.
0: It is strange. I didn't um, know that. Is that like, just within the city or is that statewide?
1: It's just New York city. Okay. Yeah. Um, cause I mean, if it extended out, I wouldn't be able to keep tarantulas in the state.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, cause those are also banned in the city. But like, um, when I lived in Florida, I had the, uh, the permit required to keep venomous arthropods. Mm-hmm. Um, I needed to have that just to keep scorpions and, uh, some of the hotter spiders. Um, I got it right after seeing my first wandering spider in person. Yeah. Uh, But I only ever used it for scorpions and pokies and stuff like that. But, uh, but I mean, I never saw a problem with having to get that. It wasn't very hard to get. It's just, you pay a small fee. Yeah. But um, like the problem with a lot of, of this stuff is the people writing these laws don't know what they're legislating. Mm -hmm. And they'll find like one random, outspoken person to help them draft the bill. And sometimes that person has ulterior motives or they don't fully understand something. Like, uh, I was present uh, when body piercing was getting regulated in the state of Florida. Yeah. And my boss at a shop I was, uh, part-timing at, um, he was the one they picked to regulate it. And some of the stuff he did did not make any sense. Um, huh. uh, the tattoo industry was against the regulations and they said, Hey, if you don't regulate tattooing, we won't fight the one on body piercing. So like, there's all kinds of things that happen with these regulations that people just don't know about
0: it's very true. Like, behind the scenes. I mean, a lot so of times they're, they're written they're, by they're, people that are opposed to it. You know, like um, I know that yeah. like when you look at the vape industry, uh, you know, mm-hmm. it's like anti, like with anti tobacco lobbyists, um, aren't really the ones so much writing it as it is the tobacco lobbyists. (laughs) It's like, it's, it's kind of, it's like the, the competition is the one. And I know with uh, a lot of times, you know, I think it was Wiccan's Wicked Reptiles just had a video on this uh, about regulation. He's out in Canada, but was talking about a lot of the U S regulation and it's like, it's not reptile keepers, you know, or reptile experts or scientists or anything like that that are writing these, you know, and it's not the breeders that are writing the bills, you know, or introducing legislation or even being consulted on it. It's uh, like PETA or uh, oh ASPCA or whatever these like humane society fronts that you know don't, don't really do much uh, for, you know, the, you know, for being like, they don't do much for pets in all actuality. You know, it's more yeah. of a, it's, it's kind of a joke when it comes down to it. So, yeah. I mean,
1: it's, it's another argument for, we need less lawyers in government and we need more scientists and real people and stuff. Yeah. People actually know what's happening:
0: Yeah, I mean I, up here uh, it was actually just across the state line over in Pittsburgh, is a few years ago, but there was a, a new story. A guy had um, a bunch of reptiles, and he had like a little duplex kind of apartment, and in it he had you know some uh, boas, uh, pythons, a couple of alligators, I mean, just a bunch of like ridiculously large reptiles and a bunch of other exotic pets, and one of the alligators somehow escaped. Like, like he left the door open or something that walked out <laughs> and like they found mm-hmm. it like, you know, a residential neighborhood. There's an alligator walking down the street in, you know, Pittsburgh and, uh, people were losing their minds over it. Like, you know, you know, it, and it's, it's, it's things like that. Like one thing will happen from one irresponsible person, uh, make, making one mistake and, yep. you know, and then just the whole hobby kind of gets painted by that, that one brush. <laughs> like, well, everybody that's keeping reptiles has probably has an alligator in their basement that could eat a child. So we need to regulate this. <laughs> it's like,
1: I'm just thinking of snake discovery now and their alligator. <laughs> they take really good care of it though. Don't, don't get yeah. me wrong. I love, I love those guys.
0: I actually, uh, it, 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 my time frame, like my timeline, so messed up with COVID. Whenever the last time I was in at the Tinley park in ARBC, it was, uh, we walked into a hotel. My wife and I showed up and, uh, it it was late. It was probably like nine o'clock at night by the time we rolled into town. And the people in front of us, um, and I cannot remember her name, but it was you know the the young lady from Snake Discovery and mm-hmm. her boyfriend or whatever. Man, I wish I could remember her name right now. But
1: I, I actually don't have the part of my brain that codes people's <laughs> names properly connected. Yeah, <laughs> it's a symptom of my autism, and I can never remember people's names. Oh, uh, I, I, it drives I, me crazy because everyone <laughs> thinks I don't care.
0: Yeah. I wish I would wish i could blame that on autism maybe i just don't care (laughs) i'm really bad with names as well but uh they were right in front of me at the we were checking in the hotel and part of me wanted to like you know introduce myself and be like hey what's up and and, you know i'm a youtuber you're a youtuber we should be friends but then i'm also like i'm really tired and i generally don't i'm not a people person (laughs) so it's like i really don't want to talk to them and uh Uh, and, and so I just stood there silently behind them, like, yeah, yeah, whatever. And anyways, they, they ended up, they were at the wrong hotel. They were like at the hotel right next door. So they like took off and I'm start checking in. i look over and then there's, there's their Canon camera, like their DSLR that, you know, he was holding, uh, was just sitting on the counter. I was like, Oh crap. (laughs) Like I know how expensive that stuff can be. And when you're going somewhere like the largest reptile breeder conference in, in North America, like you need that to, to, to do what you're doing. Like that was the whole reason they came probably, or a good portion was to record. So I was like told the front desk, I was like, this is his camera, but there's, you know, a line of people. There's probably 15 people behind me. So I couldn't like stop checking out or checking in just to go chase them down and give them their camera. So I like gave it to the front desk was like, I, uh, they just left. You might want to go let them know. (laughs) I kind of felt bad. Jeez. Uh, Like maybe I should have said hi. But I mean, I I actually talked to him later on and was like, you guys got your camera back, right? And she was like, yeah. I was like, awesome. Uh, But yeah, they seem like really nice people. That was a long story to a short point.
1: No, it's a good point.
0: (laughs) So yeah, I I couldn't keep, I mean, I I struggle with the reptiles I have. Like I could not do something like they're doing. Uh, There's a few other people that are doing that as well. But, uh, you know, I've got a ball python, a king snake, um, or two king snakes, a couple of leopard geckos, a date gecko. Uh, that's about it. But I mean, you, do you keep reptiles as well?
1: Um, uh, my wife and I each have, uh, one of our own reptiles. Okay. Um, she has a ball python, which is to my right. And then to my left, like we've got them both sitting in the living room. Uh, <laughs> I have a, a pink tongue skink. Oh,
0: really? My friend's child has a, um, a blue tongue skink. And I wanted a
1: blue tongue forever. Yeah. And then, um, Again, I'm blanking on names. Um, the guy that always does is this the right reptile for you and he ranks uh Clint. How good they Clint's are. reptiles. Is that one you're talking yes. about? Yeah. Yes, that's him. Um he did an episode on the pink tongue skink, and as soon as I saw their, their little flappy doodle tongue, like I just I immediately fell in love. And I was like, Oh, but they're really rare. I'm never gonna find one. Yeah. I walk sure. into my local reptile store that I'm friends with. And they've got two brand new captive-born pink tongue skinks, hmm. and I was like, you know, I have a PVC enclosure in the house. We don't need do you. Do you guys want that for a skink? And uh, yeah, we worked out a really good deal. And she's one of my favorite pets I've ever had. So
0: what's the uh, what's the draw or the allure to the the skinks? Because I mean, I've I've seen like my friend's kid; she had one, and I just I never and it just didn't excite me. I was like, I don't get it. I don't understand why this would be a good pet. So maybe if you since you have one, you can fill me in on, you know, what's what's the positive attributes there?
1: The blue tongues are a little less active. Um, so I can kind of get that sentiment. Um, pink tongues are, are a little more active. They're, they're arboreal. So they're more prone to climb around on you when you take them out. Mm-hmm. But the big thing is they're, they're really friendly as far as reptiles go. You don't have to do any taming down for the most part. Uh, you can see intelligence when you interact with them. They they remember you. Um, and it's just, they're, they're easy to care for. They don't have uh, difficult maintenance requirements. Okay. Um, like mine eats uh, uh, prepared snails and really expensive dog food. <laughs> um, and that's all I have to feed her. Like I, I prepackage it in little Ziploc bags. They're all up in the freezer and they're all portioned out. Nice. And so, like, every three days, I grab one out, let it fall on top of her enclosure, and then just drop it in her bowl and she tears it up.
0: Very cool. Yeah. It's
1: super easy to care for.
0: My leopard geckos, actually, I have two leopard geckos and a day gecko, and I feel like none of them like me. <laughs> I can, I can tell they recognize me and they're like, yeah, not this guy again. <laughs> I mean, one of them it tolerates me. I it'll let me handle it and stuff like that. But for the most part, I was going to say
1: leopard geckos at least are, are tolerant.
0: Yeah. But they're usually just like, just leave me alone. The day gecko has, wants nothing to do with me, but I think that's pretty typical for day geckos. They're a little flighty. <laughs> it's like, it'll I be had out. a
1: couple day geckos once. Just they were, they were way too needy for me.
0: Yeah. It's, it, it was uh, I hate to say it, but it was kind of an impulse buy, you know, like it, I been to a couple of reptile expos saw how much they were charging for those giant day geckos and the local pet shop had one marked down it was like 75 80 off or something i was like what's wrong oh, with wow. this gecko why is it so cheap and she's like well after we have uh, you know a pet for so many you know for so long as uh, so many weeks or so many months or whatever if it doesn't sell then we have to clearance it out and nobody bought it at the clearance price so we you know lower kept lowering it until somebody buys it And i was like oh then i will buy it <laughs> like Twenty dollars or twenty five bucks for a, a a day gecko. It didn't seem like a bad deal, and it's
1: beautiful. Mine was but. uh, what was it? It was uh, the local reptile club in Orlando was having a raffle, and one of the raffle prizes was a tarantula I wanted, and so I entered it, and I won a pair of day geckos. Oh geez! <laughs> so I was like, okay, I guess I'm keeping some day geckos. Yeah. <laughs> and after like two months, I was like, I'm gonna find someone else that wants these. Yeah like just gave them to a friend
0: of mine that wanted them right on so do you so still, a friend
1: of mine wants some day geckos.
0: there you go yeah i ended up giving one of my i i've told this story before probably multiple times on the podcast but i uh i'm a cheapskate so when instead of buying like exoterra enclosures at the at the pet shop or online which occasionally i will if i need one um but i i am constantly going through um like craigslist and uh you know different whatever like local kind of websites that are selling, you know, just junk, you know, like, uh, those, like yard sale Facebook groups and stuff like that to the local area and find people that are selling their exoterras for, you know, 10, 20, 30 bucks, yep. even if I don't, I don't need think. them, I, you know, I see one that's really cheap and it's like, okay, I'll, I'll give you 20 bucks for that enclosure. Just keep it in my garage. I was garage wondering how you have all
1: those glass enclosures in your basement.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that, is, that is how, because <laughs> I mean, a lot of times I'd be like, they'd have one for sale. And I'd be like, yeah, I'll, I'll buy that for twenty bucks. And they're like, all right, come buy, you know, come buy my house. And, and I show up, and they've got you know five or six enclosures, like they like got a, just a bunch of glass yep. aquariums and stuff. And I'm like, and they're like, you can have all of it if you want it. I'm like, for how much? And like the twenty bucks. Like sweet. So I fill my car up with enclosures, and I think it, had the
1: same thing happen there. And just like we just want it out of here, just take it.
0: Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I'm not. I'm not paying one hundred and fifty dollars for a glass enclosure if I can find one used for twenty bucks. You know, like it's. Like, uh, See, I've
1: been I've been really lucky up here. We've got um, a local person that manufactures uh, custom acrylic enclosures. Nice. So, like, any animal we have that I want something a specific shape or size, like, they've been able to make it. Yeah. So, like, even my wandering spider, because I don't want that thing to get out. Yeah. They made me an enclosure with a door on each side.
0: Nice.
1: So, if it's on the left side, I can open the right side. I've got, like, a water dish on each side that I can fill. Yeah. And I've never had an issue with that even coming close to getting out because of that.
0: Yeah, one of the uh, sponsors um, on my YouTube channel, and sometimes they sponsor the podcast. I don't know if you're familiar with Tarantula Cribs. They make. I've uh, been
1: wanting to try their stuff. I like those magnetic. Yeah. Enclosures uh, on those.
0: Yeah, I I am a, and I'm not just saying that because you know they they sponsor videos, but I just genuinely really like their enclosures. They look really sharp, and 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 I like that locking lid, but. one of the biggest complaints i get anytime i mention them in a video is people complaining about the price you know it's like that's 50 dollars for an enclosure i'm like yeah but if you got the exoterra it would be the same price yeah then in and and it's not built for arachnids you know it's like you got to modify it and and Mm -hmm. make compromises you know like i love those little eight by eight by eight uh, exoteric cubes with the twelve by twelve by twelves, but it's like yep. there's really no tarantula that is that's ideal for. You know, it's like it's too short for an arboreal. Uh, it's not you can't get deep enough substrate for a terrestrial and infusoriales, and you can't even don't even consider okay,
1: it. I'm, I'm going to beg to differ. I have a green bottle blue and one that is doing beautifully, and it's perfect. Okay, for
0: yeah, me. yeah. Because uh, they're
1: really not any of the three types. <laughs> that's
0: very true. I actually have my OBT in in a 12 by 12 by 12 and it's it loving it. So yeah, there are a few that I guess, you know, you're right. But for the most part, you know, there's it
1: Yeah, I'm not gonna put a geniculata in there or anything.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean I've I've got um a mature male B voggins in one of the twelve by twelve by twelve cubes. And I mean it works, but it's not ideal, you know, like it just it doesn't have it's just too much space between, you know, the, the, yeah. the, floor, like, you know, the top of the substrate and, and the lid and it, it makes me nervous using those. Um, but they look I, nice. I
1: keep a lot of mine in, uh, I want to say 16 or 18 inch shoe boxes. Yeah. Uh, that I just drill my own air, air holes for, um, like same thing with my roaches. Like I just keep on really big, basically rubbermaid bins. Yeah. Um, in a lot of cases, those are honestly the best enclosures you can do.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I use a lot of uh, AMAC boxes, Pioneer plastic boxes, you know, just like plastic display boxes and drill or melt the holes in them. Uh, they're great mm-hmm. for spiderlings and juveniles. It's very cost effective. Just go to the container store and, and you know, get 20 enclosures for 20 bucks for your spiderlings It pretty much. Uh, I've
1: never lived near any container store and it drives me crazy. <laughs> I would love to check that place out.
0: Yeah. Actually, uh, there's one in Pittsburgh, but I've never been to it. I, I always end the closest
1: up closest to me, by the way, what's that? That is the closest one to me, Toronto. <laughs>
0: wow. I, I order from it all the time, but it's like, I could drive the 45 minutes to Pittsburgh and pick it up or they'll just deliver it to me the next day. Like, we'll just get it delivered. Cause I, I hate driving through Pittsburgh. It's a beautiful I'm really
1: city bad at estimating measurements in my head. So I don't yeah. trust myself to just do it from the website.
0: Yeah. <laughs> We went out to last summer or was it last yeah i think it was last summer was what was the COVID happening last summer yeah so i guess yeah. it was the summer before summer before COVID. that's how i'll do my timelines <laughs> and we went out to uh, another cousin um another one of my wife's cousins was getting married and they lived out in los angeles so we went out there for their wedding and we were doing one of those um touristy things like where you go down to a chinese theater you know, in downtown Hollywood and you get on one of those double-decker buses and, and they drive you mm-hmm. throughout LA. And one of the places that we stopped for a few hours was some kind of um, market with a bunch of stores and restaurants and, you know, a little, just a cool little spot. But they had, there was a container store there and I was like, we got to go. And everybody else, <laughs> the rest of her family's like, we're not going to the container store. And I'm like, come on, please. It's right here. <laughs> they, they did not understand my desire. My wife did. And she's like, yeah, we're not, we're not going to do that. Cause I don't want to, we're going to have to lug those containers around for the rest of the day.
1: Like that's not happening. See, I, I would totally end up doing it. And then all of them would get cracked <laughs> on the way back.
0: That's very true.
1: Like guaranteed.
0: <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, of course I'd have to take a plane home. So yeah, there, it was probably the smart thing not to go, but it, I yeah. really wanted to, and was pretty disappointed.
1: <laughs> I still wonder about these people that fly for reptile shows.
0: Yeah. What do you want like, to buy stuff? Oh, well, I know the the ones that I've been to. They have somebody like uh, ship your reptiles has a booth there, so you mm. buy all your stuff and then you go to them, and you know they, they they take it and and box it up for you. You just pay them however much for the shipping, like it's they, like fifty bucks per reptile or something like that. I mean, or I don't think that's it's that cool. much, but yeah, I thought that was pretty awesome because i had been.
1: It must be a new thing. I haven't seen them before.
0: Yeah, I know. I, I I don't know if that's how widespread that is. I just know, like, pretty much the only one I've been to is the. Uh, the Tinley park, uh, an ARBC one. And I know they, there's, I know ship your reptiles is there. There may be another company too, but I know a lot of people were buying snakes and then would bring them to them and they would, you know, sh- ship them out. So, you know, then they would even like, well, what time, like what day are you going to be home and schedule the yeah. shipment so that you, they'd be there the day you arrived or the next day. Uh, I thought that was, that was pretty cool. Um, uh, I go to some in Pittsburgh about
1: but, that. So maybe we can hit the, uh, tarantula thing that's in Arizona every so often.
0: Yeah yeah that would be
1: actually bring some stuff home from it
0: yeah <laughs> uh I, I ended up driving like i drive to chicago whenever we go to the that expo mainly because i don't want to pay for shipping and don't want to try and mm-hmm. sneak them on a plane so it's like eh what is it like a i don't even remember 12 hour drive something like that 10 hour drive it's not that bad from where i am uh, but I, i've like
1: had to start plane. driving to everything just because uh my stomach's been getting worse as I've gotten older. So now I throw up every time I fly. Oh jeez. And I'm not very fond of that.
0: <laughs>
1: Cause everyone on the plane stares at you the entire flight when you do.
0: Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah. I I like I used
1: to travel all the time when I was a musician. Like I've been to every state in the country except for two. Yeah. And I'm like now I can't travel like I used to. <laughs> it's so funny.
0: Yeah. I I preferred driving. To be honest with you, I'm actually heading down to uh, Virginia Beach this summer, as well as long as you know everything is safe and open back up by then. Uh, I'm not getting my hopes up on this summer, to be honest. <laughs> I just uh, it's kind of like a uh, half family vacation, half uh, visiting the Fear Not Tarantulas brick and mortar store because I really want to mm-hmm. do a video on that. I thought it'd be really cool to go down there. And, just go, and, yeah, and uh, but. It was kind of hard to sell it as, you know, I'm going to be gone for the weekend. I'm going to Virginia beach to go make a video, uh, at this tarantula shop, you know, because then my wife and kid are like, well, we want to go to the beach. <laughs> so it's like, well, we can all go. Um, uh, but they just, that's, so we're not going to like Myrtle beach or Florida or anything like that. It's going to be Virginia beach, which isn't the most exciting of all the beaches you could go to on vacation. I'm sure. But
1: yeah, well, some I, people just like beaches.
0: Yeah. But I'm I'm stoked uh just to go see the tarantulas. I think that'd be really cool.
1: Yeah, I've heard their shop's gonna be pretty interesting down there. Yeah as I've far seen, as all, all the stuff they've got.
0: I've seen uh some of the pictures. I know that they got uh they also have like some true spiders and centipedes and praying mantises. Mm. and yeah, there's there's a whole bunch of inverts in there. I'm not sure. Those
1: are three things I have trouble finding and would really like to get a hold of.
0: Yeah. I mean I'm I'm about forty five minutes an hour outside of Pittsburgh. Uh, in West Virginia. And there is no, I mean, there's a Petco and a Pet Supplies Plus, you know, and and they don't really carry anything that exotic. So it's, you know, I've been told there's a couple of cool pet shops in Pittsburgh, but it's always like a look, but don't buy situation because they're just really expensive. Um, You know, some of their tarantulas are hundreds of dollars you could order them online for 60, you know? So it's like, It's it's it's, unless you need it right away, there's no reason to buy it. So I ended up never even going to them. I should really do that at some point. But there's there's just nowhere in in the small town in West Virginia to get any kind of exotic pets. So it's like either go to you know expos or check out uh, a pet shop like that is is pretty much the only opportunity. So I'm I'm really looking forward to doing that. And I think it's cool that yeah the hobby's grown so much that a Mm -hmm. business like that is able to even exist. You know,
1: like I still remember when you couldn't get 200 of us together on a message board. Yeah. Like 200 was like, oh my God, we have 200 tarantula keepers. (laughs) And like all you could find was like uh, the tarantula keepers guide. Yeah. That's what we all learned from. And like you could find maybe like two species locally. And then you'd have to like search for these importers. Mm. And it was like, Todd Gearhart and Kelly Swift were like the two big ones I knew back in the day.
0: Yeah. And, oh, uh, was, it's
1: just it's so amazing to see how much easier it is to find stuff now.
0: It was that guy, Paul, uh, out on the West coast. What was his last name?
1: Paul I think I know who you're talking something. about. He though. had a I uh, name
0: Pet Center USA for a while.
1: Oh yeah. I think I, I remember, remember hearing remember about them. Name. Yeah. It, it, wasn't <laughs> he the one that, yeah. Everything kind of went wrong there.
0: Yeah. <laughs> that would be him. Technically, you know, I think he well, still owes me 200 bucks, but you know, whatever. We'll let that go.
1: <laughs> yeah. I had a uh, breeder who I won't, I won't name for obvious reasons in a yeah. second, but uh, when I was early in the hobby, they were selling me guaranteed females Yeah, and all 30 of them ended up being male.
0: Oh, geez.
1: So yeah, that was my introduction to uh, be more careful in the hobby.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I get people sometimes send me messages that they bought a confirmed female from, you know, some random place. I don't think it really matters where he came from. But then it ends up being male and they have that kind of um paranoia, uh, conspiracy kind of centered mind and they're like they're sexing them as males, you know, very young and selling them as females just because they don't need the males. And I'm like, I don't think that's it. I think when you're there sexing spiderlings that small importers. What's that? Like
1: that there is some of that with importers.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I'm not saying that it doesn't happen, but some of the more, you know, reputable dealers when that happens, I'm like, I'm, I'm pretty sure it was probably just a mistake. <laughs>
1: like, yeah. No. The, the, the times that it's happening is when it's shipped to uh, local pet stores, like small or big chain pet stores, uh, they give them the males because they're just attracting the more casual keepers. That's very And true. then the females go to, uh, the people in the hobby that are picking up imports and selling them to, to other keepers.
0: I mean, pretty much um, eights, that's
1: what I've experienced.
0: Yeah. I mean, whenever I'm buying a tarantula from uh Petco or, you know, PetSmart, I'm assuming that it's, it's most likely going to be a male. Uh, like I was talking about earlier, I was buying all those avicularias. I think every single one of them ended up being a male, you know? And, yeah. And that makes sense. Cause you know, people don't know, you can't look at it. It's not like the people work there can sex it. Um, the mm-hmm. people buying it aren't really concerned about it and, and don't realize the lifespan is so much shorter for males. It's just it's a it's a fuzzy tarantula that they're going to keep for a while, so they're just excited to get it. So I mean, from a business standpoint, I could understand uh, being like a wholesaler just selling all your males, you know, like especially juvenile males to large mm-hmm. pet stores like that. Because I, I have a feeling Petco's not paying them more for females <clears throat> than they are for males. You know, they probably got a flat rate for the tarantula. Um, like
1: I mean, it works out for people like me because I can just go. Oh, we need a male of this species, and we just check the local pet stores. Yeah. But if That's I did, how we gotten a lot of our meals for breeding.
0: Yeah, that's very true. Um, I did, though, come across a, I think it was a, my Brachypelma Bami. Man, I, I may be wrong on that, but I feel like that was it. I was at a um, uh, one of those chain pet stores. Uh, they had it they'd had it for a while for many months and it was not too long after I got that gecko at discount price. <laughs> I was, uh, and I'm in there all the time buying, you know, just random stuff. Like, you know, they, they, they see me like, Oh man, there's that tarantula guy. Again. <laughs> like, I don't think they're excited to see me because they're like, he's going to order 200 crickets or something stupid, make us work. But, uh, I had seen it, it had been in there for a while and they even had it mislabeled. They said it was like a Mexican red knee. And I'm like, that is very obviously a baby. <laughs> you know? And, uh, and I pretty much was, like, trying to haggle the poor manager. I was like, how about, like, if you give me 50% off, I'll buy it right now. And she's just like, yeah, I don't think we're going to do that. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I really wanted it. It was beautiful. And, and it ended up in being a ma- uh, female. So, like, I ended up oh, nice. getting, uh you know, she was a little small. I mean, she was probably a young adult, uh, Brocky mm-hmm. Bell and Vamy, and I only paid, like, 60 bucks for it or something. I was like, oh, that's, that's a good deal. <laughs> I was pretty stoked about that.
1: I gotta say, I do miss the early days of the hobby where you could walk into a pet store and find a Smith eye or mislabeled as a rose hair yeah. for ten bucks. <laughs> like that just doesn't happen anymore. Yeah, um, I never had. God, that kind of I must have bought like five of them like that back in the day.
0: Yeah, I was. I got my first tarantula down in. Oh, actually, it was was I? No, my oh, first one was in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. I was going to college out there, and uh, I though i don't even remember what pet store it was it was some chain it was probably a petco or something like that and mm-hmm. just like an end cap on one of the aisles they had a bunch of like you know 16 ounce deli containers or something like maybe 32 ounce deli containers Whether those small little plastic ones there's probably like 15 of them on there with just a tarantula and a sponge in each one of them you know like uh they're all rose hairs uh but they didn't even tell you what it was it was just like tarantulas 9.99 or something yeah. <laughs> i was like oh i want to get one of those and yeah, I was like trying to overcome my fear of spiders. I was like, that's not a big investment. And that thing lived forever. <laughs> you know, it was, it was my buddy. I ended up, and, and that, obviously she was a female and never hooked out or anything like that. So, you know, I, it was a, it was a nice deal. Now people are, you know, wanting to find rosaires, <laughs> like full grown rosaires and they're nowhere. It's, yeah. it's ironic. They were, they were like, in and I mean, I'm sure it was because most of them were wild caught. Um, but then I moved to Florida and there was, um, I can't even remember. I wish I could remember the name of the pet shop. It was in Daytona beach and it was, it was like an exotic pet shop. I mean, they had fish and stuff like that, but they also had like monkeys and like a little Fox. I think those were like display animals, but I mean, they had a bunch, it's like a little I'm tiny pet store. Yeah, it was, it was very cool. Um, and I got another tarant- another rose hair from them and I actually brought before I bought a second tarantula, I had brought my first one in cause I was wanting to see if the guy would, um, tell me what sex it was. Cause I was like, I don't know if it's a male or female. And, I, I don't know where the genitals are. So I was like, you, you look at it and tell me. And he's like, yeah, I can't do that. Uh, but I had like taken the lid off the enclosure and stuck my hand in there and pulled it up. And he freaked out. He was like, don't handle your tarantula. And I'm like, what? That was the first time I'd ever heard somebody be like, that's not a good idea. And I was like, I handle her all the time. You know, I'm a, you know, uh, maybe 20 years old, something like that, you know? <laughs> uh, it, it, and it was like, it was the cool thing to do. Like I would, uh, I, get drunk with my friends and then pull the tarantula out and show people. I mean, like terrible, terrible stuff. (laughs) Uh, Like looking back, it's like, that was really dumb and reckless. Um, But
1: Oh, if you you want dumb and reckless, my (laughs) first tarantula is probably going to top that. Okay. Uh, So local pet store back in Florida, um, place that was like next to a Walmart, little mom and pop place. Um, I was 18 years old and they had a little tarantula on a deli cup, same Mm -hmm. thing. And uh, he told me it was a Goliath tarantula. It was a rose hair. Uh, He said it was uh, a female and she'd get uh, two feet in leg span and I would need to feed her adult rats when she's full grown. Holy crap. And like, this is sounding like the coolest thing in the world to an 18 year old. Um, So I bought it for 10 bucks, took it home, put it in a 10 gallon with a quarter inch of sand, um, a little ceramic hide. And a rock water dish with a sponge in it, a screen mesh lid that she would get her toes stuck in all the time. Uh, Turned out it was a a male rose hair. (laughs) Uh, He matured on his next molt and then died about a year later. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I did everything wrong on keeping that guy. Um, Never handled him, though. Um, I was too afraid to back then. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, shortly after he passed, I got my very first real tarantula, which was a real Goliath bird eater. So I got a Theraphosa blondi, and uh, did everything mostly right on that one. Um, I did do some weird enclosure things where I kept it in a twenty-gallon aquarium by itself as a spiderling. Mm. Um, but it actually helped with the ventilation and the humidity and everything the way I was keeping it. Yeah. So it worked out, but yeah. uh just that rose hair on the sand with the sponge and <laughs> screaming yeah, oh never my god, look at my Goliath sand. tarantula.
0: <laughs> yeah, I was I was I I did it wasn't set up ideally, that's for sure. Like I I didn't have an on cocoa fiber. I think I was it was a um initially it was the reptobark. <laughs> so like it had no way of burrowing. Uh, and, and, it had a water dish with a sponge in it and uh crappy hide and then a incandescent light bulb on the top of the enclosure for, uh, and that's, I mean, that was like straight out of the Tranchley keeper's guide. Like that's where I got that information, mm-hmm. you know, whatever version that was back then. Uh, and it wasn't until, I mean, and I think kind of going back to what you were talking about earlier, like, uh, especially with boards and stuff like that. You know, it, it was a big thing to have 200 people. Uh, like back then I didn't know there was any kind of groups or message boards or anything like that for tarantula keepers. Like I really like tarantulas. I would buy books. Like I've got a, a bookshelf, like a whole shelf on my bookshelf is just tarantula books that I, I bought over the years and mm-hmm. checked them out from the library and stuff like that. And I think back then, I you know, I still had like a dial up internet connection and uh, you know, I didn't do a, I didn't spend a whole lot of time online. You know, it wasn't my, it wasn't my thing. So I wasn't like looking for information. So I never came across yeah. any of those message boards or anything like that. And I think that part of the reason the, I, the hobby's growing. I
1: think I searched tarantulas on Yahoo yeah. to find arachno boards.
0: <laughs> nice. Yeah. Like there's vague memories of maybe coming across arachno boards like way back in the day. But like mm-hmm. just I mean, it, that type of uh like message boards I I don't enjoy very much. Like just reading threads. That's why like I'm not huge on Reddit. Uh, or or arachnid boards and uh, tarantula forums and stuff like that. Like I, I join them and, and occasionally will interact, but I just, whatever, whatever reason, my brain doesn't like processing that forum of, of information, if that makes sense. Like reading threads, you know? So,
1: no, I get, I get that. I've, I've ended up mostly leaving in recent years. Yeah. Just because I'm tired of answering the same question a million times mm-hmm. or the people who will try and talk over experienced advice I give.
0: Yeah, that I can With imagine. That's horrible, very usually. Yeah, you know, and then there's the other side of that. There's a uh, a lot of people that um, are there looking for information that are new, and because you're people like you are just frustrated and tired of saying yeah. the same thing over and over again. Because instead of searching for a thread that's you know uh, that has the question they're about to ask, they just create a new f- thread and people get short with them and then they are all upset like oh, people are so mean to me and they're picking on me and it's like
1: yeah we well, really need to work on being nicer to new keepers
0: yeah yeah that's that's part of the reason like that's that's part of the goal of, of what i'm doing here with the tarantula collective and everything is, is trying to at least create some space that's beginner friendly you know and i catch a yeah. lot of crap a lot there's a lot of trolls out there a lot of people. That, you know, are are very well-respected, very knowledgeable people in the hobby that don't like, like, my Facebook group, for example, because it's, like, you know a lot, but, I mean, if you're going to be shitty when you're saying it to people, like, we don't want you in here. (laughs) Like, uh, we want your information, but we don't want your your arrogance and your bad attitude and, um, you know, and it's trying to keep the trolling down. I mean, there's one thing from like just being snarky. Like that's, that's, I understand that. But I mean, when you're like going out of your way to humiliate and demean someone, it's like, yeah, that's, that's not helpful. Like, Hey, I'm glad you have the information, but it,
1: it's every hobby though.
0: Oh yeah, definitely. I think, compared to other hobbies, the tarantula, hobby is nowhere near as bad as like, you know, the ball Python community or, uh, like, Oh my God, the magic gathering
1: community. (laughs) They're they're the
0: worst. So, I mean, I'm not like hating on, on anybody. I'm just, you know, and and I tried to explain that to them as nice as, as I can. Like, Hey, I respect you. I respect what you know. Uh, I think you're an asset to the community, but you're not right for this group. You know, like, Mm -hmm. like this is a, is a, a, uh, just a friendly space for, you know, we're catering to, to people that are new. So I mean if you don't have the patience or the ability to kindly explain something um you know it, the, when they learn what they need to learn they then they can cross paths with you later on you know and and maybe have the knowledge that they need to not irritate you or something uh and it's it's just weird for me cuz I mean I'm I've got a very dark sense of humor and very sarcastic and snarky and up uh, until Same. recently, I loved arguing on Facebook and stuff like that. Like that was one oh, of my favorite pastimes. If, if I could, could argue with you about religion or politics, I would for hours. Uh, and, and it's like, I, so I know that desire uh, to troll people online. Like I, I have been guilty of it for many years, but it's like in this one group, I, I'm not going to do it. And I expect other people not to do it because this is a, a, a an area, like a, just a little space where we're not going to do that. And yeah. And it just it blows my mind how upset people got at that initially. Like, how dare you create a safe space for new people? It's like do you hear what you're saying. Like, they're new people. They're they're the future of the hobby. They're, it's it's going to help everybody. Let's just have like a, a nice, you know, people being nice to them in like one group for a little while and see how it goes. Just experiment and see what happens. Uh, like I
1: try to tell people about this with Magic the Gathering. It's like if you're a jerk to everyone that comes in with questions. Yeah. You're eventually going to run out of people to play the game with.
0: Yeah, it's very true.
1: And, and it's like, what's this hobby? Like, if you're a breeder and you're a jerk to everyone, you're going to run out of people to sell to.
0: Exactly. I mean, it's it's not so much customer service, but it, it kind of is customer service. You know, even if you're not well, selling tarantulas, like, if, if you're wanting to perpetuate the hobby and, and make it better, then you've got to make it appealing. Uh, and mm-hmm. that's, that's why I started making YouTube videos, partially. Because it's like... I really love tarantulas and I really enjoyed watching videos about tarantulas. And, and for me, the way I learn, that's like a, a, that visual kind of teaching was the most effective. You know, I could like, yeah. you know, struggle reading, you know, and deciphering a, a thread of, you know, on a message board uh, or read a care sheet that's coming from somebody. I don't know who they are. You know, it's like, I, I don't know if this is trustworthy or not. And there's 20 different websites with 20 different care sheets. that are all a little bit different. Uh, and, and in ways that I'm like, one personally, especially like with Avicularia, like a lot of those websites are saying, you know, you got to miss them twice a day and, you know, all just, it, and your See, humidity is is really be 80%. About some
1: of this is like people will come in and they'll ask for advice on how to care for something. And people are like, Oh, just go Google it. Do your own research. Like, why, why are you being lazy? And it's like, no, sometimes when you Google, you get bad information or you Almost, get conflicting yeah. information. Exactly. Like you're asking for actual, like, lived experience, like what works for you. Yeah. And sometimes that's just way more valuable.
0: Oh, I, I agree 100%. And, and I, I do think people should do their own research, but I also know, especially with all the time I've spent researching analytics and search engine optimization, that if they just google it they're not getting the best information all the time you know a lot of times they get really bad information just because it's gotten a lot more clicks because it's been around a lot longer and it's it's
1: or someone just knows how to optimize it better
0: exactly yeah so it's like you know you you can't just google it like that's not the best way to get the information and like that's why groups like this exist is so that people with experience right now can answer their question in real time or like well at least within a few hours of the question being posed like it's and I think that's what's helped the hobby grow so much over the past few years is just this explosion in social media and these, you know, the yeah. ability to communicate and network and find, you know, like-minded people in the thousands. <laughs> you know, like I think my Facebook group alone is like, uh, if it's not already, is right around 20,000 members. And we're oh, like really right. picky about like, we don't, yeah, there's some groups that it's like you just, anybody that asks to join gets accepted. But the moderators mm-hmm. of my group are really good at kind of going through and making sure that they're not a bot (laughs) and you're like asking some questions. If you don't answer all the questions, even if you're a real person with a real interest in tarantulas, if you can't take the 30 seconds to answer the three questions, um, two of which are yes or no questions, then you're not going (laughs) to be in the group because they're not going to take that risk, uh, letting some spammer or, you know, bot in there. It's just going to be harvesting information, you know? So it's, it, 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 to me, that's amazing. Like the, just the fact that there's 20,000 people that would want to be in a Facebook group just to talk about tarantulas. And, you know, of course there's groups with much more than that, two or three times the amount of, of members. And uh, it, I, I think that having that kind of community has really helped uh, the hobby grow a lot. And uh, what oh, I was I saying.
1: Totally like having yeah. it on social media where you're already at anyway.
0: Right, right.
1: Like just seeing it scroll through my Facebook feed, like here's, oh, well, all of a sudden I've got a picture of a new tarantula species I didn't know about. Yeah. And like, oh my God, now I want one. Like, that's (laughs) good.
0: Yeah. Especially if you're selling tarantulas. I'm sure that's a a big boost to business.
1: I mean, that's how I learned about Harpacteria pulchrapes. And it's now like one of my favorite species. Yeah.
0: Harpacteria pulchrapes. I always mispronounce that one. It's a pulchripes.
1: People mispronounce (laughs) everything. Like my, this is probably my biggest pet peeve with the tarantula community, especially the YouTube community. Yeah. Is everyone pronounces Latin names wrong? Oh, yeah. I'm I got blocked relentlessly by biology professors when I first got to college. Yeah. Because I was saying like Theraphosa blondi or Brachypelma hamori. No, it's hamori. Yeah. Blondi. If there's an <laughs> eye at the end, it's a hard eye. It's Latin. Yeah. And like as I went on, I was like, was it just that one professor? I've asked like a whole bunch of my professors over the years, and all of them are like, yeah, it's a hard eye. Yeah. Everyone's getting that wrong.
0: How do you pronounce the, uh, Brocky Palma, Bami? How how, do you know what that official pronunciation is? Because I've heard, uh, Bomi. It's Bomi. Yes, Bomi. Okay. (laughs) Because I, I, and I tell people on almost every video, I feel like, (laughs) like, don't quote me on the pronunciations. Like I'm just some, you know. What's that?
1: Most of them, it's a little subjective. Yeah. Uh, Because you've got people's names in them and.
0: Right, right.
1: Weird stuff sometimes, but in general, like the hard and fast rules of like the I at the end. Yeah, like, that's that's a big one.
0: And and the most frustrating thing, uh, just from my perspective, is that I will know like in my brain, um, it's pulkripies and mm-hmm. then I record a video and I say pulkripes and don't even realize
1: it. <laughs> and then
0: or and nothing and,
1: yeah, subscript, so
0: yeah. <laughs> substrate drives people <laughs> crazy, apparently. I don't even know where that one came up for. Can
1: I resist the dig on that?
0: <laughs> I, I feel like that's just my West Virginia accent sneaking in or something.
1: Oh, yeah, no, that's probably <laughs>
0: I'm just like, substrate. But, uh, but it's like. uh No,
1: like I, I had some wrong. Like I used to say Ephibopus and it's Ephibopus.
0: Ephibopus. Should do a podcast oh. that's just pronouncing Latin correctly. I have to get my okay, Latin. I thought
1: making a YouTube video about it. <laughs> I really
0: have.
1: Yeah. Or or like the fact that everyone now, instead of saying spiderling says sling. Yeah. And like you get someone new to the hobby, you have to explain that every single time.
0: Definitely. That's why, why I made a video. It was just like on the terminology. Like, this is what new world means. This is what old world means. This is what sling means, you mm-hmm. know, kind of like, cause I got asked those questions. I mean, that's like what, what I base a lot of my videos on. What questions am I getting asked the most? And, uh, you know, one thing, one of my pet peeves though, is that I will spend 20 hours filming, editing, writing, Uh, you know, do everything to make this video and put it out there. And then, like, you know, somebody asks a question, it's like, Oh, oh yeah, I I have a a video on that. Have you watched it? No, like, oh, well, here it is. Well, can't you just tell me? It's like, no, I'm not going to do that. (laughs) Like, I'm not going to sit here and type out three paragraphs when I've already spent dozens of hours making a video. (laughs) Like, just watch the damn video. Put all the
1: effort in, they just want the TLDR. (laughs) Yeah, like, sorry, I ain't got that kind
0: of time. Uh,
1: Like it makes me want to make videos with the TLDR at the beginning, and it's like (laughs) just watch the first thirty seconds and it'll it'll cover everything.
0: Yeah, that's not a bad idea. Uh, But I, uh, I, I have this, and you can't really probably tell right now. But I mean, I grew up in West Virginia. There's, there's that Appalachian accent, and uh, there's some words that I gotta be very careful with. Um, The most important one, the the worst offender is measure, like measuring tape. Like I have to really concentrate on how I pronounce that, and it's that same. Hmm meh, me, that like that that middle part of the word measure is the same as in stuff substrate substrate like that a kind of a I don't I probably sound like a, a very strange person right now making these weird noises but it comes out measure like I I'm like hey would you hand me that measuring tape people are like the what I've never heard <laughs> so like it was sometimes when I say substrate it it, it turns into like substrate I, I don't even know how to do it I can't I can't force myself to do it but it comes off sounding really appalachian so it's like uh
1: I've, I've still got latin names i don't remember how i pronounced them wrong originally i've only remembered the the correct one at this point yeah like apophysis was another one like there apophasis. apophysis yeah like i know i said it wrong before but i don't remember how i was saying it
0: <laughs> I, I apophysis is not one i've had a, an issue with but i think that's just because it, it sounds very similar to that uh egyptian god I just
1: clicked on how I used to say it. And it was apophysis.
0: Apophysis. <laughs> That's a good one.
1: Because again, when you just read these things, you don't realize exactly what they really should be. Yeah. And like, if you come up just reading them online or like, you've never had anyone to talk to about them. You don't watch YouTube. Mm-hmm. Like it's definitely easy to mispronounce things. Definitely. And, um, you know, like I, I, mean, like, I wasn't there for the rise of YouTube. Uh, yeah. Tarantula keepers. Like, when I was in college and working on my degree, I took a break from all the hobby stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, Just kept my pet ones for that time, and focused on school. And then I come back, and it's like, oh my god, there's hundreds of new species. There's all these cool <laughs> channels where I can watch other people do this. Yeah, like I can actually learn new stuff.
0: Yeah, it's it's really I mean, you never
1: stop learning.
0: Yeah, it's very true, and especially with the tarantula hobby because there's there's constant influx of new information and new species still being discovered and described and you know, as soon as you think you know something, then it changes. <laughs> yeah.
1: If I'd finished my degree, I'd be one of those people out there finding them and describing them.
0: Yeah, like, that would that's be very one cool. of the things I wanted to do. Yeah, I'm I'm excited because that's not really something I ever thought of doing, like ever in life. And it's like I like tarantulas, but uh, I never thought I'd actually be out in the wild. But I have a couple of things. I mean, COVID screwed us all up, but um, a couple of different like trips that I going to go like out to uh the southwest and peru or not peru why did i say peru puerto rico that's a lot different and a it's few other different. places <laughs> just just going out and filming tarantulas in the wild and like i'm really mm-hmm. excited to go do that um i was supposed to do it I last know summer channel
1: that does that on the regular what's that there is one channel that does that on the regular yes. uh, it's the guy from uh the netherlands area
0: uh bird spider ch i think that's yes what we were talking that's about. it yeah yeah
1: um I always like seeing those just because it's nice to see what the the natural habitat's like.
0: Yeah, yeah. I enjoy his videos as well. And uh, and that's kind of like what inspired me to want to do stuff like that.
1: Yeah, I wish I could get through to him and be like, hey, I know you're involved with describing these species. Any chance I could get in on that?
0: Yeah, I'm sure. just send him an email or something. I've, I've never had a hard time getting in contact with him. I haven't found
1: his email. <laughs> oh, okay. He seems like... I'm bad at finding that kind of stuff. He,
0: he's a nice guy um
1: seems
0: like it yeah so i mean it, it, if you're listening go check out his youtube channel bird ch if you haven't already he's uh, he's got some great content i mean that guy goes everywhere he's in mexico south america <laughs> uh, india i don't know if he's actually been in india but i feel like he would he was somebody that would have been, <laughs> i know he's been in costa rica a few times yeah i mean he was yeah. looking for a cyropocapus or he, he was looking for some fessorials so i feel like he had to be somewhere over in asia but at any rate, he's, he's a great channel. It
1: just drives me crazy that like I watch him go to all these places that aren't safe for me to go to since I'm I'm out as being gay. Yeah. There's mm. like so many countries I can't travel to.
0: That is very true. There's a and lot like, of places. I, just,
1: I want to go there and just look at bugs. Why can't you put up with a gay person looking at bugs?
0: Yeah. <laughs> that would be frustrating. I just don't have a passport anymore, so I, I can't go anywhere at the moment.
1: <laughs> I got to get. I, that I back. let mine expire during <laughs> COVID as well. Yeah. Oh, I love like that. Like I've still so got long, like the easy passport ago. for the state of New York where I can go to Canada. Yeah. But that's there,
0: there's new principles <laughs> in Canada. Yeah. Things were getting crazy a while ago. I actually uh, had made plans um, essentially to cross the border illegally into Canada if uh, things got crazy enough. Because I was like, there's no way I'm going to be able to get a passport right now. So let's just oh, find out. A- we've,
1: we've got the same kind of plans. Just. <laughs> disabled gay woman and her wife definitely might need to get out of the country at some point. <laughs> if handmaidens tale starts becoming reality,
0: we are bouncing. <laughs> but we were yeah. trying to
1: figure out how to get our spiders and stuff across the border. <laughs> yeah. That was the tricky part.
0: Yeah. That's like uh that's, that's how I know. Um, I was talking to somebody the other day. I was like, I'm probably like my wife was, had mentioned a few times she was wanting to, uh, look at new houses and, not so much because, you know, she wanted to move, but once likes to entertain the idea, you know, and I was like, there's no way we're going to move. Like, that, can you imagine how difficult it would be to move all of these reptiles and snakes, even if we're just moving a mile down the road? Like, I, it's not worth it.
1: <laughs> oh, I've, I've moved them across the country twice.
0: No, thank you. <laughs>
1: it, it is annoying, to say the least. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm having to dance around headphones and a cat that just came back.
0: Uh-oh. Well, let Burke say hi real quick. Oh, uh, well, hello, hairless cat. <laughs>
1: He's a cutie
0: pie. Awesome. But yeah, that's that's uh, something I'm, I'm, I really would like to do uh, in the future is, you know, not not actually like describe tarantulas or anything like that, but just go out in the wild and see where they're actually, you know, what their natural habitat is uh, just out oh, of yeah, curiosity. Oh, a great
1: experience.
0: Um, but, you know, and, yeah. and I think that would be, you know, like, bird spider ch he's great youtube channel and very educational uh and and it's cool to see to do that vicariously but personally i want to do it myself and and part of the reason i got into youtube uh one was just you know because i i really enjoyed watching these videos and i really learned a lot from some of the youtubers out there um -hmm. and and at, at this point i'm not talking about bird spider but uh some of the channels that i watched a lot and learned the most from was also very frustrating um uh, just because they weren't it was very like stream of consciousness it was just like somebody holding a phone talking for 20 minutes and repeating themselves five or ten times and yeah. it was shaky and then and, and it was like it wasn't pleasing to watch if that makes sense it wasn't like it really that enjoyable yeah. It was just kind of educational i got the information i needed in a manner that i could retain it a lot better than other other forms but it wasn't visually appealing and the the audio uh, audially audio that's not a word uh, it didn't sound great <laughs> not so. audio quality yeah yeah the audio quality was not great um and and i was just, like
1: that's my perk is being a former musician i know my audio quality
0: there you go and uh, that's what's why i was like instead of complaining how about i just try and do it myself <laughs> like and then realize well oh, that that's why it, it's very difficult to do this that's that's why it's <laughs> People are just like, yeah, I'm
1: terrible at editing videos. I I just, I try to get it right on the first try and just we'll we'll go with that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I tried to do that for a while and then was just like, yeah, my brain just doesn't like to do that. (laughs) one of the
1: reasons why I like Twitch. It's, it's a live thing. So you just have your one take anyway.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I've done some live streaming uh, on my channel it's always fun because I mean, but, when I do it, it's more like I'm just hanging out and talking to people, you know, and just answering yeah. questions and stuff like that. And that's that's fun. Uh but like trying to record a video in one take. Like there's there's no way I could do that. <laughs> I, I screw up and mispronounce and, and and just and say stupid stuff so often it's like, yeah, there's there's nothing. I have to oh, do try,
1: try being on medical weed twenty four seven. You will say some weird stuff.
0: I, I would but imagine so.
1: On it right now, so <laughs>
0: I, I have no medical conditions, but in my 20s, I felt like I did. Like I was just on <laughs> the 24-7. Yeah. I was stoned. Uh, and, and yeah, that's why I don't remember most of my 20s, <laughs> among other things.
1: Thing is, is the memory stuff from
0: that? Yeah. Yeah, I w- it was, I'm uh, almost telling some story. I actually had her on a YouTube video, and she was telling stories about me keeping weird reptiles and, and mammals and stuff like cancers and stuff as a kid. And how I've like, this has kind of been a theme throughout my life. And some of the stories she was telling, I was like, I don't remember that at all. <laughs> She's like, well, you burnt those brain cells up. I'm like, yeah, I probably did. <laughs> That's why. I-
1: but, uh, we're, we're talking about educational videos and stuff. I keep toying with the idea of making PowerPoints and doing like, um, like I've taught a few biology classes while I was working on my degree Yeah. and basically just teaching a tarantula class over YouTube.
0: I think that would be very, very good.
1: Break down like what makes certain things unique and um, how we come across some of this knowledge. And here's a tutorial on breeding and like just yeah. stuff people might actually care about.
0: I, I think you should totally do that. I mean, I, I think videos like uh, that would be very helpful are things like going like, and this is some some stuff I, I've actually been planning on doing. I uh, just haven't really figured out how to do it the way like in my style. Uh, but just like going over all the parts, like the, the body parts of a tarantula, you know, just like this, like, you know, just kind of just finding some way to explain those because then sometimes you say carapace, nobody has any idea what you're talking about <laughs> or yeah, you know, which one's the pedipalp, you know? So it's just having like that ability, you know, a video just kind of explaining that would be,
1: I'll, I'll give you my analogy for pedipalps that makes it so no one ever forgets it. Mm-hmm. Um, I use this when I'm teaching little kids and I tell them to put your hands together like this. Um, I can't bend my wrist, so I can't fully do it. But when you put your hands together like this, your fingers are the eight legs and your thumbs are the pedipalps. Nice. And they use their pedipalps like thumbs to pick things up and do everything.
0: Yeah. That's a very like good when analogy. When
1: I tell people that way, they, they never forget it.
0: <laughs> very good. I was actually supposed you to can do a.
1: Uh, classes.
0: Yeah. I was supposed to do a uh, presentation on tarantulas at like uh, a small town nearby at their public library. <laughs> and they wanted me to come in and like talk for thirty minutes or an hour about tarantulas to the kids. And I was like luckily uh I got saved by COVID. It's <laughs> so almost like I really like I, I don't want to tell this poor librarian no, she's very nice. Um but I just don't like people. So I was like i struggle. I
1: love doing stuff with kids. It is so yeah. much fun. <laughs>
0: I'm sure they're so open
1: about it.
0: Yeah. I mean a lot of times stuff like that, like I get seriously anxious going to reptile expos or stuff like that, but once I'm there and interact with people, it's all cool. But it's just like leading up to it. I'm like, oh, I don't want to do this. I don't want to leave my house. <laughs> I don't That's want to what talk my next
1: prescription is for. That's what gets me outdoors.
0: <laughs> but yeah, it's, uh, it, it, and I'm sure she's going sure to hold me to it. My strategy
1: for everything is medicate myself, basically. I've noticed.
0: <laughs> Mine is the exact opposite. I, I got rid of all that stuff with the exception of nicotine. I
1: wish I could get rid of all of it, but
0: nicotine and but caffeine to I keep me with
1: it so i'll, 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 yeah. I'll tolerate it
0: yeah <laughs> i think my problem is i just indulged too much and i was like yeah i just can't do any of this anymore because it, it can it, be a thing yeah it, it became a very bad... i mean
1: i as i said i was a performer professional musician like i've seen heroin shot into an eyeball yeah like yeah. I, i've seen the worst of the worst and i've seen people who handle it really well
0: yeah but that, that kind of addictive personality that I have has definitely manifested itself in the reptile and uh, arachnid hobby. You know, I, I definitely have to keep myself in check sometimes because, you know, I, I can get caught up in acquiring new species um, just for the, the thrill, you know, like, and that's something yep. I warn people a, a lot about because it's like, I, I can recognize that myself. So, you know, make sure you're not getting over your head because <laughs> it, it can definitely yeah, happen. I see.
1: A lot of YouTubers where they just keep doing all these unboxing videos. It's like unboxing after unboxing. It's like, these are going to get big and you're going to run out of room.
0: Yeah.
1: Like, at least with my collection, like, yeah, I'm using all my shelf space, but. Yeah. All the babies that are growing up, I'm going to have males maturing out. and Going off on readings.
0: I can't think of anybody by... A specific name at the moment but there are some uh i think they call them pet tubers a <laughs> dirty word uh and, and they're not i mean they, they have reptiles and mammals and you know arachnids and they just whatever They just any pet and and they're constantly doing unboxing videos and have talks about it like I've, I've heard them discuss like how those are some of their most viewed videos so it, it really kind of it just feeds into that like you, they get the thrill of unboxing a, an animal But then they also get that positive feedback, you know, through the algorithm and through, you know, Mm -hmm. YouTube's like a lot of people enjoyed watching this and they're saying nice things. So now there's like two different fronts that are really encouraging them to get more and do it over and over again. And I have been fortunate enough that anytime I do an unboxing video, it's like one of my least viewed for whatever reason.
1: Same. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Like, I tried a couple and just didn't get any views on them.
0: Yeah. It's like, well, people don't like watching my stuff me that
1: gets Good views. As far as my spider stuff is always like feeding an oddball animal, like a huntsman spider or, um, assassin bugs or a centipede. Yeah. Like just a really cool feeding video that you don't normally get to see.
0: Yeah. And that's, I think that's why I get frustrated sometimes is because I see these other channels, especially bigger channels, do unboxing videos or feeding videos and get tens or hundreds or even millions of views. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. okay, that's what people want. And then I do it. And it's like, that's my, my worst performing video. Like people are all the time. Like you should do more, more feeding videos. I'm like, man, you haven't even watched the feeding videos I've done. Cause like, you know, some videos will have 20,000 views. And then like the feeding video I did has like 3000 and I spent a lot of time doing that. So yeah, I'm not going to keep doing that anymore. That's it's a waste of time.
1: Like what gets me is uh when I see these channels about with people who have like two to four years experience and that's it. And like people are taking them as gospel truth, like everything they say is the right way to do it. Yeah. And like I see channels where they're like they'll feed their tarantula as hissing cockroaches, like adult hissers. And it's like I've seen a lot of chipped fangs over the years or broken mm. fangs from feeding hissers.
0: Yeah.
1: Or people who will just do weird keeping things that just don't make any sense. Yeah. And it's like, you guys need to find people with more experience. If you want to get like information to know for certain, like you can't take that as like perfect information.
0: Right. And and I feel like most of the people that make those, you know, those, those YouTubers aren't trying to put themselves out there as a reliable source of information. I think it's, it's really should be on the viewers to be like, everything that I watch on YouTube, first and foremost is for entertainment only, you know, like yeah. there's the entertainment aspect first, then beyond that, uh, it, is information. Like if I'm watching it and I'm enjoying it, it's entertainment. Uh, you know, there are people out there that do purely educational stuff, but it's like, even that in this forum, they, they try to make it entertaining. So people will, will actually yeah. watch it. Uh, so, you know, you, you got to take that uh, at least take, keep that in consideration when you're watching anyone's videos, even mine. Like it's, I try to tell people, like I, I don't see myself as a tarantula expert at all. I didn't take biology in school. Like I have no background. I just, I just talk about my experiences. I'm going to mispronounce a lot of stuff. So don't quote me on, on pronunciations because you can almost guarantee I'm, I'm wrong more than I am. Right. So if somebody else says, this is how it's pronounced. They're probably right. Cause I, I, I don't have that knowledge. Uh, But I I see myself as making like car commercials for tarantulas. (laughs) That's that that's as as deep and as informative.
1: (laughs) I like that analogy. That that's that's great.
0: Yeah, like I I can I can give you all the the specs, uh, but beyond that, like I don't know how they created the engine. I don't know how it works. (laughs) I can just read you the specs and and show you some pretty pictures of it.
1: But see, that's the thing. Like I I would defer to whatever stuff you say about husbandry because I know you've been keeping long enough to have done the wrong stuff and learned from it.
0: Yeah. That's, uh, but I mean, and that's, that's just experience. So that's not, mm-hmm. you know, So it's a little bit different than, uh, you know, knowledge from like researching or going to school, you know, like I don't, that's I, don't
1: I, I think it's just as valuable in a lot of cases.
0: Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's kind of like, just, I would rather hear someone's experience than, you know, read a book about it, you know, because it, it there's, there's a difference. What was that? There's a saying, actually, it's like knowledge plus experience is wisdom, you know? So it's yes. like, I, I can at least give you some of the experience aspect of it. You know, you, you go to the scientist for the, you know, get, get the facts and the knowledge. I can tell you my experience with it and then put those together and maybe you won't have to make the same mistakes I did, you know, <laughs> like hopefully. Um, and then it's, it's, it sucks sometimes. Like I'm sure as a YouTuber. You can relate, uh, you put videos out there and sometimes it's like, you know, you learn new stuff and then you look back and you're like, oh man, like I was wrong in that video. (laughs) And it's like, your mistakes are out there for everybody to see. It's uh, it's not the ones that drive me the
1: craziest are my earliest magic videos, because I did not know how to talk to the camera while playing magic. Yeah. I had to learn how to do that. And that took me about a year.
0: Yeah. I mean,
1: because that's a game that takes a lot of focus. It's like playing chess.
0: Yeah. I mean, just doing anything and talking to a camera is not natural at all and takes a lot of practice,
1: like at least I've got the performer thing in me, but yeah, um, I was never the one on a microphone, even <laughs> though I played every instrument, I didn't go by the mics,
0: yeah, I think so that's I didn't uh, talk to the crowd that's that's the only advantage I had is uh it just years of playing in bars and and talking to people on stage and stuff like that like. I couldn't talk to you at the bar, but if I get on stage and have a microphone, then all of a sudden I could—I I could be I have some personality.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, because you got the separation with the stage. Exactly. <laughs> but like, I've got that monotone autistic voice, like Daria, and like <laughs> love Daria. What oh, yeah, happened to amazing. Daria? I'm basically the living embodiment of Daria in a lot of ways. Awesome. But. Uh, but like my monotone voice, I know I can get boring when I go on and on, <laughs> uh, especially when I get on like a passion topic, like spiders or something like that. Yeah. I just, I won't shut up. That's why I wanted to go into teaching to begin with.
0: <laughs> That's very, like you deep. just give
1: me the right topic and I, I can go for hours.
0: Yeah. Speaking of going for hours, we are actually coming up on the two hour mark. So we have to wrap this oh, wow.
1: up. I didn't realize it had been
0: cast up. Yeah. I actually have a, uh, I've, I'm such a bad podcaster. Like I was supposed to be doing this every Thursday and I don't think, I think two weeks now I haven't put in, posted anything because I've had to keep rescheduling and canceling and you know, one thing or another, like I actually had you, we we had another date to do this earlier and I don't remember if you canceled or I canceled.
1: It was a little of both. I think. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I feel bad. Cause it's like,
1: I, I was on like one and a half hour of sleep because I'd had an insomnia about that night. Yeah. And, and uh, I think you had somewhere you had to be that you hadn't planned for. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so, well, yeah usually, let's just
1: do it in a couple of days.
0: Yeah. If I can do it like in the middle of the day, usually it's not an issue, but uh, w- sometimes we have s- struggle in my house with communication on uh, schedules. So it's like, it'll, my wife will tell me on Tuesday, Oh, we've got this thing to do with my family tomorrow night. And it's like, Oh wow. I've got stuff scheduled. And she's like, you can't, it's miss also it. hard to
1: match up a diurnal <laughs> schedule with a nocturnal schedule. So. Yeah. <laughs>
0: And, and some of the people that I do podcasts with are in the UK, or one guy I was going to do one with is in Texas. And it's like, he doesn't have power or water. So he's like, yeah, this is not a priority. I'm like, no, dude, you do what you got to do. When everything gets straightened out, we'll reschedule. You know, I felt bad. Uh, but it's like, you know, I line this stuff up and then life happens and it gets canceled. And it's like, you know, I guess we're just not going to have a you
1: feel better, I cancel playing magic on stream frequently. <laughs> And that only takes me and sitting down to play a game.
0: Yeah. Well, I appreciate you being willing to come on, even though I had to reschedule a few times. It was a very oh, no, totally. nice this, this talking to you. And uh, hopefully you'll be willing to come back and maybe we can talk some more and dive Definitely. in even a little bit deeper into some different species of tarantulas and stuff like that.
1: Um, oh, yeah. I'd love that. Maybe I can even set my set up down in my tarantula room so we can actually look at some stuff.
0: Yeah. That would be very or cool. Or just bring up
1: downstairs, I guess.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it, technically this is a podcast, so it's a little difficult <laughs> for people listening when we're showing stuff.
1: But Yeah, true. Yeah. But I mean, we do have the video format that we're both looking at. We
0: definitely do. And that's, that's I'm a really weird thing you. about doing the, the, this podcast like this, because uh, I spend most of the time working on the video, set up the cameras and the lights and all this kind of stuff, and then put it out there. And like, Two thirds of the people that, uh, you know, uh, what's the that consume the content are just listening. <laughs> like it's yeah. it's mainly just downloads. Uh, people listen to the audio version. Uh, just a small sliver of that, or uh, people that are. So it's like, why am I even working with a camera? <laughs> like why do, why do I even put this effort into it? Um,
1: I, I I'm a paid subscriber to a news podcast. Yeah, and uh, they've got a whole channel. They do live streaming video. And like most people consume the video yeah. and I, I listen to the podcast and like, it drives me nuts when they put up a video clip with no audio and like, don't tell me what's happening. <laughs> it's like, come on, guys. Someone's not watching the video.
0: It's <laughs> very wild. Um, but so
1: yeah, mixed media is, is a thing.
0: Yeah, definitely. And and but there are enough people that are watching it on YouTube. It makes it definitely worth the effort, I suppose. Um, I'm sure that you will watching it right now are like, hey, <laughs> I like this. Don't don't stop doing this. Um but hopefully we will get some views from it since so I'm putting it up on mine as well. Definitely. Uh so if you're interested, definitely check out uh Jade. She's over on uh, Sky Spider. That's S K Y E Spider on YouTube. She's on Twitch. Uh
1: I assume you're also on like Instagram. Where, where yeah, are Yeah, you? pretty much everything. And it's always Sky Spider. Are you on Twitter? Sky is spelled weird because it's my middle name. I'm literally a Jedi. I'm, I'm Jade Skywalker.
0: I saw that. When <laughs> you sent me the message, I was like, I don't know who she is, but uh, she's a Jedi. So she's definitely going to be on the podcast. <laughs> and totally. the more I learned about you, I was like, all right, yeah, this, this would be a very interesting conversation. Um, and
1: ironically, none of my tattoos are Star Wars related. <laughs> Even though most of my body's covered. <laughs>
0: Um so you people
1: watching the video have seen my face and neck tattoos through this whole thing.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um so you are uh, your your YouTube channel is you've got spider content content content, that's the word, as well as uh magic the gathering and you know things of that nature.
1: Is that's that, pretty much it. Okay. Um if I if I get interested and start working on music again, I'll post music videos up sometimes. Very cool. Uh but with my hand out of commission, I hardly ever get around her writing anymore
0: i understand and we met um on facebook in one of those tarantula groups uh mm-hmm. so you know she's everywhere <laughs> if you're if you're on facebook and you're in a tarantula group. keep an eye out for jade Skywalker.
1: i don't accept a ton of friend requests on facebook but you will see me in the tarantula groups pretty frequently yeah definitely yeah, i like sharing pictures I'm a Dork. <laughs> very cool like I'm, I'm literally a dork if you're looking on camera <laughs>
0: <laughs> very true <laughs> a dork and a nerd.
1: The only knuckle dusters I felt qualified to have.
0: (laughs) I I can definitely relate to that. (laughs) Um, Well, thank you so much for coming on. And I really hope that we can get you on again later. Everybody go check her out. If you're watching the video, I've got uh, her screen names and and all that on the, on the information there at the bottom of the screen. And I will link all of those, uh, you know, to her YouTube channel and everything like that in the in the description down below the video version. Um, But, Thank you so much, Sky That's <laughs> such a cool name. I appreciate having you on. And I look forward to, to having you on again in the future. Uh, I, upload-
1: yeah, I enjoyed the crap out of us.
0: Awesome. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Um, I upload new podcasts every Thursday, hopefully. I'm <laughs> going we'll to try to, to be a lot better on that. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, make sure you subscribe. And, um, yeah, I, f- I feel like I'm really bad at the end the outros on these things i really got to work at it so uh, i'll just be the thing like that's just my thing I'm, i'm really bad at outros so thank you guys for listening and i will see you next week goodbye